Welcome back again, Hi. returning champion to talk. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Giving us all sorts of love during the South by Southwest cancellation and now COVID-19. You've put yeah. us wonderful lists. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. How are you doing? How friends, family, everybody healthy? Everybody's healthy. That's good news. Um, yeah, everybody... It seems to be healthy. I had a friend with the cold and we were a little worried, but uh, everything's fine. So that's good. good. And you know, it's, it's one of those things. If you get like the sniffles, like allergies are bad today and I sound mm -hmm. real froggy, but if you get the sniffles, you, you kind of panic, right? I'll tell you what, uh, my buddy John Lynch said it best. He goes, these are weird times. Sneezing yeah. went from bless you to fuck you real quick. <laughs> Yeah, get the hell away from me. <laughs> we got, I know. We, we got real polite, and then we got real rude real quick. Real quick, yeah, because it's a little, it's all just scary. It is, you know, and it's but, uh, still trying to navigate the waters and figure out what it is, what it isn't, what it shall be, what it was. I mean, I know. It is, uh, I don't know. But, hey, we're going to lighten everyone's mood up here a little bit. Uh, we yeah. picked a great movie. Uh -huh. Classic, if you will. I mean, really, <laughs> a great classic. And I pulled up some fun stuff. So, oh, awesome! Yeah, I pulled up some. What are you, What are you drinking? Well, see, I'm warming up with a Coors Original. Oh, okay. I, I like you know. Like, it all school. Also, I like the smell. What's it called? The yellow something? The yellow uh, belly? Yeah, the yellow belly. Yellow bellies. And uh, this is yellow bellies. Champagne. No, that's uh, what is that? That's Miller. No, Miller High Life like is a champagne, champagne of beers. beers. This is just. 1930s is our 1930s is when they uh when they started distributing outside of colorado that some kind awesome. of rocky mountain flavor it just smells it smells like i can i can't drink it all that often but mm -mm. there's a point where you just that old school 70s beer smell is just so present so real <laughs> now what are you drinking it's so manly <laughs> i've got the beard the hair's getting crazy it's just yeah forget ipa i dare you to drink a schlitz malt liquor <laughs> No, 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 not my belly. What, now, what are you having? I am, you know, staying true. I've got my little blue bonnet glass here of mine, and I have a, a Texas wine from right outside of Austin from Stonewall. It's, doo -doo -doo -doo. can you read it? Oh, Pernalis Cellars. There you go. What, Texas Viognier. What, uh, uh, Chardonnay, Riesling, what do you got? It's a Viognier. Oh, what is that? Okay. Uh, it's a, just a nice, crisp, um, I mean, dry, Grape Viognier is used as the base 
in some blends and I don't know, I, I drank it, I think for the first time when I was in South Africa. So that's kind of interesting that it's also like a, a Texas grape and, and it's a really nice wine. I mean, the Pregnale Cellars is a great, I don't know, they're a great uh, winery and they're Stonewall. So, so that's right by the Pregnellis River, but I think it's really close to Dripping Springs. Okay. I like it. Very yeah. nice. I'll have to yeah. try some of that out. I like white wine. I like all wine, actually. Yeah, I had their uh, Tempranillo the other day, and that's really good, too. But uh, I thought something crisp. It's like warm today, you know, 80s yeah. or something. I know this weather's crazy. Hey, before we get too far down the road, uh, for all the people out there, the new listeners, uh, where can they find you? Social, uh, your writing, your work, all that good stuff. Where, where, how can they stalk you? Sure. I'm, uh-oh, uh-oh, I lost my video. I'm all over the place, and uh, I write for the Austinot, probably most prominently, because I've been writing for them for uh, three and a half years, a little more than that, and um, that's a hyperlocal Austin blog called A-U-S-T-I-N-O-T dot mm -hmm. com. My Instagram, I'm super active on and do a lot of like fun Austin things. And lately there's just a lot of what people are posting like dogs and flowers and what we have in our house while I'm cooking. But you know, um, lots of adventures most of the time. And that's for uh, Jojo Austin is my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, I have my own blog that I just ha don't keep up to date very much, but I'm writing an article right now on like uh, survival tips for restaurants. Okay. Because I just see like a lot of restaurants trying to make it right now. And there's so many challenges when you can't have like, you know, butts in the seats. Well, what do you do without the butts, right? I mean, you just need to stay in business and stay alive through this little duration. So I'm writing like a, a restaurant survival tip for 2020. I mean, survival guide with all of the sort of ideas that I've seen in like Rally Austin and these other Facebook groups that we're in um, trying to help local businesses and businesses in general and especially like the service industry kind of stay in the game so that they don't have to close their doors while they're closed for a couple of months um but like some already have so that is called eat like blogger drink like poet Ooh, i like yeah, that that'd, be, like a, that'd a, be a great tattoo right it really yeah. would be a dope huh? tattoo eat like a there blogger drink like a poet i'm just going to keep the drinking like a poet part but that's cool and I'm also I write for the American Genius which is a business and tech and some editorial and real estate stuff and so that's been kind of cool to stretch my brain in a whole new way and you know that's our good friend Lonnie Rose Bellis. yeah Lonnie is great she is a she's a talented person who knows how to corral and bring the best out of people you know what I would I, I pinged her on this um and she gave me the, yeah, you always ask these hard questions, Jason. Yeah. Um, but there's never been an effective guide written about how to boycott something. Mm. So you look oh. at these companies that aren't treating people well during this time. Uh, mm -hmm. You look at the power of the dollar and the power of the consumer. Uh, and where we're going to choose yes. with our limited money when this all comes around, where we could go and where we won't go yeah uh but you know to organize people and their wallets it's uh without shaming them has never really been done properly um, and it would be an interesting article that i could see in the american genius uh because it really one you could you don't have to just bash companies right but you can celebrate some companies and what they're doing and how you can help them and get behind them and show your support 
Yeah. And then that transitions into, yeah, maybe you stay at this hotel more because this other hotel chain, they don't lay people off. They just give them zero hours to work. So they can't file for unemployment, but they don't have any work and they're not fired. Right. Right. And so you just, instead of, you know, looking at the negative, it's looking at the positive and it's, it's moving people in a direction. Because right. as people are coming back to work, wherever that money goes, right, that's where those jobs are going to follow. I know, I agree. And that's, um, yeah, that's kind of what, it's, it's hard to kind of focus and think positively enough to like put out some, you know, <laughs> organized, like sensible content. And so that's why like my latest article for the Austin was like 31, you know, Austin neighbors, like doing things to help each other. And that's a lot of sure. local businesses. And so many people who read that said, oh, I just made my list of businesses to support. Because, yep. you know, that's what it comes down to. It's like these local businesses, these small mom and pops are feeding people for free. You know, there's that thing like kind of shameful, like Hilton sent, you know, an email out to their people saying that Crema Bakery, which is like this tiny little bakery and cafe that's feeding people for free. And they said, hey, I heard these people are feeding people for free. So, you know, you're laid off, but go get free meals at this tiny little business, even though we're like a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah, right. It's tacky. It's, it's tacky. tacky. So that's what you mean, right? Like, yeah. That, and that's kind of, I think, what essentially what we're doing is trying to guide people in a way, you know, send them to the restaurants and the businesses and, uh, yeah, all of the local businesses, all of the smaller, like, more invested businesses. And they don't even have to be the smaller businesses. But I mean, if you say, you know, like Texas Roadhouse is an example, you know, the CEO, like, isn't taking a salary throughout all of this, you know, so that he can, I think, pay his workers. And, yeah. you know, you see things like that. Marriott furloughed a bunch of people instead of firing them or laying them off. And then that way they're able to collect unemployment. They and, changed their tune. They got blasted because they were giving people zero hours uh, to keep their insurance down. Yeah. Well, and that memo leaked, right? And they got in trouble. Um, I'm glad they changed their tune. Yeah. And I hope those, I hope the really good employees that are there go find a better job with a company yeah. that really wants to take care of them. You know, I mean, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, I hope that they, uh, they figure out their mistakes. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and I hope Absolutely. they grow from it. It's a growing opportunity for everyone, you know? I mean, they're just like, what do you do when the, when the shit hits the fan? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, shit hitting a lot of fans right now. And uh, yeah, there's, a good way to handle it in a decent way you know i mean everybody's hurting we don't expect people to take like ginormous financial hits if they can't afford it but you know some of them are better equipped you know like a marriott or hilton you know like a big company to uh support whether the storm you know there are some hotels opening up like an, a dedicated hotel like the ones in medical centers you know like mm -hmm. opening it up for families of covid19 patients or like or quarantining patients. I mean, a bunch of there is a whole website where people can like donate for the length of this thing. There are RVs for healthcare workers that are working with COVID nineteen patients to live in, so that they don't have to go home and infect their families or possibly contaminate their families. I saw that. That was very cool. You know. Yeah. And it's funny, I mean, there, there are interesting games being played and, um, you know, and we could go down this rabbit hole all day, but it's, uh, the one thing I will say is 
no matter whether people agree with the quarantine or don't, whether people agree with the lockdowns or don't, mm -hmm. one thing that I've seen true, run true throughout this country is that everyone would rather work than get a free paycheck. Totally. Really would. Yeah. Um, and everyone wants to work. They understand the limitations. They understand the, the struggles. They don't pretend to have all the answers. But I love, I love seeing the frustration of a group of people that want to work. And I mean that in a positive way because it tells yeah. the Andrew Yangs and it tells the other people that are going around saying, hey, at some point in time, you're just going to get a check and not work because the machine's going to take your job. And what it should show those people is that, A, they want to work. Mm -hmm. B, if given the right opportunity, they will go to school again to work. And C, we still have great pride in the effort that we put forward in this country. Great pride. Totally. And, you know, once again, it's, it's taking that level up of that patience and that grace that rises above political lines or who you blame or who you don't or right. why is this person wearing a mask? Why isn't this person? And you just take one step up. Yeah. Outside and I know you know, yourself, right? yeah. When I feel like that, you know, there's way more good being, you know, way more people doing good and being good and showing their best selves during this. I mean, so many people came out of retirement or even like switched careers to go back into the, you know, the the front lines, like the the medical center is like treating these people like, oh, how you know, how could you do that? Like it's, yeah. it's but you know, I mean, bless them. I mean, it's so good. And I mean, just yeah, your average person. And I, I would say, I know that you and I are very invested in Austin. <laughs> very, you know, we promote Austin and love it so much. And and you know, and across the US too, but I, I this is across the, the world. I mean, you know, people are the same people don't want to sit on their butts. I've never been in a I've been in like 30 countries and I've lived and worked in six and I've never been in one where people just want to sit on their butts and do nothing you know i mean people want to get out there there's some measure of like personal pride you know in a job well done there's some measure of you know like serving others with your work and your you know your work ethic and there's like just a lot of you know like that's tied to your personal identity a lot of times you sure. know? and so it's great to have a job that you love that you know you can be happy with that as your identity but yeah i just find that that's kind of human nature is to want to serve, to want to work. You know, we're, we're work animals for the most part, you know? We are. We are. And with that, let's unveil our movie. We are doing, we are doing Kingpin. I mean, Yay. an epic film. So let me see. I am right at two seconds in on this bad boy. Okay, cool. So okay. the lion's up, the Metro Gold lion's up. Um, yep. We're watching this on Amazon. I'm going to hit play here. Boom. Okay. Boom. Me He's too. He's doing his roar. So as the, as the intro's coming in, so here's a, a brief history in bowling. One, a couple of fun facts about bowling. I think you should know. One, um, for the longest time, and you're going to be shocked to hear this, women weren't allowed to bowl. I'm but, shocked. Uh, I, listen, you guys have got you know, <laughs> equal rights. I'm glad men finally get a hold on to something. Okay. The girls were kicked out of the bowling alleys for quite a long time. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was only meant for kings for, for much of the time. Uh, Martin Luther, the great Martin Luther, loved bowling. Okay. And in fact, would tie his sermons into bowling analogies so people could understand okay. them. Uh, Texas is a nine-pin bowling state. 
it's illegal to do 10 pins here in Texas. Okay. I didn't it be 11. Everything's bigger in Texas. Nine. One thing we're smaller at. Uh, bowling is, yeah, it's 5,000 years old. Started in Egypt. Um, let's see what else we got here. We got some other, you know, it's, it, uh, the balls were wooden originally. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Three turkeys. And the pins too, right? The pins, yep. Three turkeys is, or three strikes is, um, is a turkey. Six is something else to do with the turkey. Nine is something else to do with the turkey. Four strikes in a row, ham bone. So turkey related until you get to ham bone. Until you get to ham bone, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, there are some, let's see here. What else we got here? Uh, there are, yep, I tell you one, no girls allowed. There was a girl, uh, the PBA was founded in 1958. And today there are 13 countries with members. There was a young lady who was nine years old and she shot, she bowled a 300. My gosh. Hero. Remember when Homer Simpson bowled a 300? Yes, hell yes. Homer. <laughs> Homer. For sure. Uh, you have, <laughs> there are, uh, there are some strange, you know, they call it the sport of kings. Uh, there's the world's largest bowling alleys in, is in Japan. It's very big in Japan, you know, as everything's very big in Japan. Now, uh -huh. when I was growing up as a kid, we um, not only, I mean, we're, you know, bowling was around i mean bowling one it's let's just be very honest from my perspective it is hands down the grossest sport in air quotes you can do you're going to give me <laughs> shoes already worn by people you're going to give me a ball and let me put my fingers in three dirty holes that i've never seen before and then you're okay. only going to serve me finger food and milk-based cocktails yeah nope i'm out <laughs> Hey, I'm pictures out. of beer, buddy. Pictures of beer. You can get your own bowling shoes. You can get your own bowling ball. You can commit. I but you know what? Commit. I play. I liked bowling when I was younger because my parents liked bowling for a while. And then it was fun because I, well, and maybe that's why I got such a rocking immune system because yeah. I was around all that filth for so yeah. long. <laughs> Did you have bowling in, in, in school, in grade school or high school? As a, as a PE sport, physical activity thing? No, we didn't have bowling. We had all of the other things, but not bowling. Um, See, but I know, I, like, I remember when I was very young, because it's like one of those, like, first kind of memories that you have. My parents were in a league, and because bowling was so social. Oh, yeah. So, and they had, like, a daycare at the bowling alley. And I just remember making a sock puppet at the daycare Duh. in the bowling alley. They had a daycare at your bowling alley? They had, like, well... Child care, I should say. It wasn't daytime, right? It Still was nighttime. Care. My parents were very young parents and they liked to party. And, you know, so they would go party, have their pictures of beers or whatever. And we'd be in there making sock puppets with the babysitters and in this room in the bowling alley. And, you know, it's like you can hear the pins being knocked down in the background. There's something about like that weird stale beer smell. Mm -hmm. uh, I think definitely it was a cigarette smell for decades because I think, you know, that probably only in the 90s is when they stopped, right? And letting you do that. The late 90s, yeah, 19, right around, well, in California, it was like 1995. <laughs> they stopped smoking indoors. Crazy. Yeah, we had, so we like had. That. So those bowling alleys are something about that, that sound, like the pins going down yep. and, you know, and uh, the balls coming back up and the, the, the smells and all of that is like crazy. But, you know, it's like there's something real nostalgic about it for me and probably for a lot of people. Oh, it was. I mean, I grew up, 
bowling. I learned how to bowl in, in PE. And one of the hardest things, well, see, in Montana, it gets too cold, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so they're not, not going to heat the gym. PE. Yeah, they're not going to heat the gym. And so okay. instead, they would just take us to the bowling alley. And of course, the nice. bowling alley, I looked at it as it was like, all right, we're going to pay one employee to come in, make sure these kids don't screw things up too much. And it was customer acquisition cost, right? So what's your hourly okay. rate, uh, you know, nineteen eighty-five for a for an employee? And then what's it cost to bring 20 kids in and just let them, you know, turn the lights on and just let them bowl. There you go. And then you get, if you're good, they take you aside. You want to get in the league. What do you want to do? Oh, you suck. You should probably get in this league over here, but everyone can bowl. <laughs> and we would, uh, we would go and we would bowl and do our thing. And then in high school in Big Fork, Montana, the bowling alley was also one of the local bars. And so we okay. would go yeah. there and hang out yeah. and then we would sneak back and drink booze. Hmm while we um while they bowled we get drunk 10 in the morning mr dahlman had no idea he was bowling he was good at bowling too beautiful jet black hair always wore sweatpants never uh classy oh yeah he had some quarantine fashion going before it was cool he did he uh he definitely liked to hike his leg up really high when he talked about sex ed so you could get the full vision of what he was working with nope nope yep yeah, it was it was disturbing to say the least. <laughs> we, you know, it's and you think about it, right? I mean, with this quarantine and what's going on, yeah. All the sports, you know, every sport that generally that we have is social. It's interactive in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, and, and bowling is is one of those, right? That's extremely interactive and direct and and. You know, everyone's kind of touching the same thing and having the same, you know, they're just sharing cocktails. And it's like I said, it's finger food and all this other stuff. Yeah. Fingers in the ball and fingers on the food. That's fingers right. Fingers on your face. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. When will, I mean, will we have bowling again? It's a valid question. I, I think, you know, I mean, in California, Cal, Cal State Fullerton just announced that they're canceling all their fall classes and turning them online. So there's no physical interaction. Right. Uh, I think that, you know, fundamentally, I think that destroys the college experience. There's a lot of reasons why. I think the emotional understanding of a high school or a college student as they learn how to interact with people from all over the country, from all different backgrounds, yeah. and learn how to problem solve in classes. And such you know? a dramatic, yeah, shift in your life. It's such a dramatic time. Like, you know, it's just like from your parents' house to your own and making a lot of mistakes like most college kids do and, you know, learning... Yeah learning to get your shit together you know it's it's pretty cool um and i feel bad for like i'm worried because my my oldest niece is 18 and a senior so of course she's already missing out on all the senior experiences right of the last semester like sure from you know walking the stage for graduation all the fun things like senior skip day and senior dress up day and you know whatever she's getting senior day. skip day how dare you <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, right. Every day is senior skip day. Oh, <laughs> right. But it's not like going off with your friends and sneaking a beer or two, right? It's like, oh, kind of sad. But then if she does, I mean, they've already, she's uh, got accepted to the University of Alabama and she's really excited, but it's like, she's already like had her like freshman orientation this summer canceled. And if they cancel fall classes, oh, you're just going to be a wreck, you know? Well, and what's the point then? I mean, yeah, I don't mean I, it in a negative way, but honestly, yeah. what's the damn point if right. if your goal is to... Why just, not just wait? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. would. I'd, I'd yeah. just work. I'd travel. Uh, I'd go 
Max Charlie's probably of, not. Do you think Charlie's on? If if Charlie's on the US, you know, I mean, so many people get caught up in traveling uh, abroad. Hey man, sure. Buy a shitty car, like a reliable, like buy an eighty-five Honda. It's just got four hundred thousand miles on it. You just change the oil, put the gas in, go drive. Go drive. Yeah, I know, but again, it's like it. What about like, are you gonna stop and use the bathroom and? like what rest areas gas stations restaurants are any of those going to be open i mean that's what i mean it's like everything is kind yeah. of uh, i think those, i think those things are going to be open uh, okay well, know, i think it'll be limited bed. gas stations you know but i think those rest stops those places will be open uh i think they'll be limited i think there'll be warning signs i think there's going to be a, a general change in some stuff but that said uh you know i would um i wouldn't be too worried about it I, I, you know, I'm more worried about businesses uh, where, like ACL, South yeah. Southwest, um, comics, stand-up comics. Once again, sporting, sporting events. You know, yeah, uh, I think events. sporting events are done for for the time being, and uh, you know, I don't know what that means for engagement. I think, I think that these people that are making these rules and these regulations, right, are going to really have to take a step back. Uh, you can flex pretty hard on a restaurant. I mean, their industry lobbyists and people are pretty weak. It's like the bus industry, right? The one, the one transportation unit that didn't wasn't part of the transportation bailout was the bus industry. And why? It's shitty lobbyists. They, you know, and what do people think when they think of the bus? <clears throat> Dirty people. It's not true, but that's what you mean. Go to a bus stop, hang out. You know, who hangs out at a bus stop, right? I mean, all this bullshit. So but that's also a weird thing because that's like such a Texas thing too. I mean. You know, I, I I tried taking the bus in Austin. It wasn't at the time when I moved here. It was ten years ago, and it wasn't mm -hmm. very reliable then. But or you know, they just didn't come very frequently. And I mean, now again, like just I lived in Chicago. You know, I've lived in you know other countries, and and the bus is just like everybody takes the bus. It's like a big part of your life and your experience there, and it's more unusual for people to drive everywhere but of course we're an oil and gas right and we've got like strong oil and gas obviously and it's you know our public transportation in texas across texas i grew up in houston um you know i've lived in dallas i've lived in san antonio austin obviously but it's you know it's just we're, we're we don't have great public transportation and no. it's just probably oh. not in the cards for us so like yeah the bus is just such a different thing here than it is somewhere else where it's just like a normal everyday viable way to commute way to get around town way to sightsee i mean just you know buses subways all those kind of things uh commuter trains are, are a normal thing but like here it's like we got rid of those 20 years ago kicked them right out we're like they don't need this shit what is this a train to get you from a to b efficiently stop we're gonna put a train in and we're gonna make it the least efficient mode of transportation you can possibly do to get around town well let's make it go to like you know, two places that just, okay, what's the yeah, point, you what's know? What's the point? There's no point. Uh, you know, and, and so, I mean, I think, you know, people are, those, when you start messing with the NFL, $11 billion, and, and uh, you know, bowling doesn't have this institution, right? Bowling doesn't have this thing. Um, basketball kind of does. It's global, but it's not as big as the NFL. Soccer is global, not as big as the NFL as far as money made. Auto racing, you know, they're finding inventive ways to do it, right? I mean, they did a NASCAR race and they did it all with, uh, with, uh, with uh, what would you call that? Uh, they did, um, did it online, but everyone got a driver car sent to their house, right? So they got this little dome thing and it was all videoed and 
bitch. They got to race each other. So <laughs> they did a race, and it was cool. It was inventive. It was engaging. Yeah. You know, their sponsors got involved, right? So, I mean, they figured out a way without the contact, which is good yeah. for them. Uh, will that last? Will something like that last? Hell no. Uh, yeah. but, but it was it was cute for the moment. Right, it's a little yeah. novelty. Mm-hmm. And a little novelty. I mean, like, yeah, ESPN was, like, ran a show, like, um, the Cherry Pit Spitting Contest or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're getting a little desperate there, but, you know, they still got loads of interviews and, and you know, uh, life stories. Oh, look, Bill Murray's on the movie. I know. Oh, with his little uh, fro. That's Bill so Murray's cute. the best. Bill Murray and Woody Harrelson. You know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah to watch the trajectory of, of, of these people, these preeminent people, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bill is, he somehow removed himself from technology and still stayed so engaging. And yeah. It's a, it's a very unique thing. It's a very beautiful thing that, uh, that very few people can accomplish. Um, right. Woody Harrelson, you know, I don't know really what happened to him. Uh, I mean, he's done some great movies. He did that documentary, or no, not a documentary. He did that movie that was like a based on his real life, right? Where he cheated on his wife in London, and oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. She found out because you know she read about it in the paper the next morning. Yeah, uh, messy. And, you know, it's like oh fuck, buddy. But it's it's interesting. I mean, he is, but he's such a great actor. He's going to lose his hand here. Don't put your hand in there. And there it is. It's gone. <laughs> Bill Murray. Bill Murray fucked him. Got him good. Got him good. The, the, the cutthroat world of, 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 of bowling, if you will. Um, bowling, yeah. yeah. Trying to get, you know, this kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie, right? It really does. Scranton, Pennsylvania, 17 years later. It's, uh, oh, my God. You know, it's, I mean, great comedies. There's two great comedies that have, a, you know, a fake hand in them. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Dubs, right? That's right. We got this one. He doesn't really have the fake, but he's got the damaged, damaged hand. You know, it doesn't work. Bowling is his livelihood. What Bowling you gonna is his do? livelihood. Yeah, it is. Uh, is there a thing? I mean, is is writing your? I think it's interesting, right? Uh, and sports people say this best. Like, I don't. I play basketball. I'm not a basketball player. Like, I'm so much more than this as a person. You know, I, I have philanthropy. I have all these things that I do. I wonder is writing your life or are you a writer because it allows you to do the things that you really love to do? Uh, Well, I would say, I mean, I'm definitely, I mean, I I love being a writer. I would love for that to be my sole trade and my sole, you know, passion, because again, it's just like, you can put anything, I mean, anything in my life can, you know, come through the writing it can inspire the writing it can you know lead to the writing um sure but, i mean you know but i make my money doing social media management and you know writing unfortunately is not like a lucrative like financial career but it is so like personally enriching and and so um such a delight and you know something i'm i'm i, I love it i mean you know i was like um an english major and when i was a senior in high school. I went to a Catholic girls' school. Okay. And we had like a hardcore, like when I was a sophomore, like this hardcore, like STEM nun came in, Sister Jane, and she's a badass. And she just, you know, her thing was like, this is so crazy. Rip out the home ec lab. Why do we have that? 
and put in a computer lab. And this was like in the early days of computer labs and stuff. And she was like, all about girls need to rock out on STEM. Like she was like, before this was a thing, before we called it STEM, right? She's like, girls need science and math. That's my passion, getting girls into it. I'm in an all-girls school and they're, all, you know, they're smart. We've got good teachers. Let's get them into it. And but you know, that was not ever my scene. Like I love math because I love like the, the formulas and the calculations and I was good at it and I understood it, but I hated having homework every night because with English, with, you know, reading or writing, I could, I could whip that out at the last minute, you know, sure. I could like kind of like blow things off and listen to the classes and let it stew. And this is still how I write, you know, I kind of like do my research and think about things and I'm forming words in my, and sentences in my brain for a while and then I just kind of like sit down and it all comes out you know so I kind of have to let it stew a little bit but also that way you don't have like homework every night like if you miss one night of homework and calculus you're screwed you know and that's so boring to be like having to be so regimented <laughs> so you know I, I but I sat down with her when I was a junior and having to pick my senior electives and I was already in on the yearbook and I was already on the school newspaper. So those were two of my classes. And I was taking like a fiction class. And I convinced her. And instead of taking another advanced math or mm -hmm. another science class, that I would be better served in my future life if I took another uh, fiction class, another reading and writing class. And I, I said, Sister Jane, you and I both know <laughs> that my future career whatever it may be, will not be in the realm of science or math. I appreciate it, but this will serve me better. And so uh, my parents were really shocked because they said they weren't, you know, they're not going to have a hand in it. Uh, they knew Sister Jane was like going to make everybody take an extra math or science class. And sure. I was like, not me, because, you know, again, it's the words and forming them in my head. I can be persuasive if I want. And uh so yeah, I mean, I thought at one point I might go into law for that reason, but I'm kind of glad I didn't, but it's all, yeah. So I, I think that's always been a part of me, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but it doesn't, I, I mean, I, it doesn't really fully identify me, you know, I mean, I'm a traveler, I'm an adventurer, I'm just a little gad about, a little, you know, I just love having life, I like people, I'm social, I just, but, you know, so blogging is like a perfect like way to you know, formulate all of that. Like it brings all these great things together and I've been pushed to do things that I thought, oh, I'm too old and I don't have enough balance to do things like a stand-up paddleboard. And, you know, but I did stand-up paddleboarding at night in San Marcos because it was for an article. And, you know, you get like these opportunities and it kind of pushes you to get back into just, you know, being more adventurous, which is how I lived the early part of my life when I traveled a lot. So sure. kind of, it's been great. So I do see that as part of my identity but i don't do you see it facilitates your identity then like i mean I, if, i'd say if, it's if, a part of my identity but i feel okay. like you know my identity just as me as a person is kind of yeah bigger than writing or traveling or working in education or you know what i mean like sure. any of my and you know how about you i mean i mean this is like you know there's trying to put this psycho into a box or into something um it's uh it's one of those things where i mean opportunities arise and i go after them you know and i um and yeah sometimes the dismay of uh of people and you know sometimes people are shocked and just going hey why would you you know or how could you or what are you thinking or 
what interests you here? Like, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I'll get people who come up to me and they'll just, you know, they're like, oh, well, you seem like a good fit to help us with this, but you don't have any experience here. So, you know, move along. And as I've gotten older, you know, like the podcast doing this and, uh, you know, doing other podcasts and, uh, you know, really being strategic and consulting and helping people. Uh, I found that a lot of it is just roundabout, right? I mean, it's just, it is, Yeah. you know, I think people get too rushed and they try to figure out what's going on right away Yeah. versus uh, marinating and doing things that they enjoy and some of it's be damned right and it's like oh though this isn't going to make you a lot of money okay but what is it going to do for you right and i mean money's important you got to pay the bills we got to we got to have our cocktails we got to you know be able to go out and see people and do things and travel and and have the money that if we want to take a risk we can right but also i think you have to have part of that in you to want to take that risk you have to have part of that in you that you want to be more well-rounded you know that um i mean Michael Jordan's great because Michael Jordan's great because he focused on one thing and people said he couldn't be great and he was more than great, arguably mm -hmm. the greatest. Uh, and I think, and I think sometimes, right, we get, we get a little too focused on that. We get focused on the greatness and then the loss of greatness, right? Kind of like this movie. Yeah. It was great. He lost his hand. Greatness, loss of greatness. And what we don't see or what's not really celebrated as well is the well-roundedness. Yes. Where is the greatness in understanding your passions so that you can move how you want to move, how you want to navigate the world, how you want people to see parts of you differently. Uh, and I've been lucky. I've been uh, afforded the opportunities to where, um, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've won and lost. I've lost probably more than I've won, but I, you know, in those losses, uh, I've grown a lot as a person and those pieces, that fun, that enjoyment is really, uh, that, that, that's the part that makes you right. And then it's just, and then it's articulating and deciding how and where and when, not only are you going to sell your story, tell your story, I should say, but how you're going to let that influence the people around you in a positive way. Right. Because we've all got we've all got scars, right? We've all got wins and losses, but how many people carry those losses as damage, and how many carry them as pride? You know, right. uh, I was watching some dumb show. Oh, I'm a horrible television watcher. I love all the shows. <laughs> uh, I mean, just whatever. It's just you know, and and there are some terrible ones out there. Oh, sure. Terrible, <laughs> terrible, right? But um, I was watching this one show. Uh, called Dominion, and it uh, had um, it was about angels, fallen and man, and fighting in the modern world, and what that mm -hmm. looked like, and uh, how some angels influenced men and helped them, men and women. And there was a little boy threw a rock at a rabbit, you know, a slingshot or whatever, and missed. Uh oh. And he goes, "That's okay. That's good." And he goes, "Kids like, no, I missed. I suck." And he goes, "No, no, that's good." Because every time you make a mistake, you're one step closer to, to getting it right. Yeah. And, you know, that's true. That's really true. And it's just how you want to accept it or what you want to do or what kind of badge you want to carry or what you don't want to carry. Maybe it's better to say what you don't carry, right? But what, yeah. what, help, what pushes you through the door 
what helps you glide through the door and and be better and uh, and make you the person that hopefully the people around you when you're gone go yeah but let me share a little bit more with you about this like you just need this part right uh i know that really doesn't answer the question uh, but i think we're both in the same boat of we're not we don't have one or two things defining where we go. We have a, a, a plethora of things that we can jump to at any moment. Yeah. And that allows us, I think it's, I think it's twofold. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to speak for you in any way, but I think it's twofold. One, it allows us to be very adaptive in almost any situation, including something like this, right? Where I think some people are losing their hair a little bit more than others. Yeah. Uh, a, uh, B, I think it also makes it extremely difficult for us to have um, really in-depth relationships because whimsical things can grab our attention and move us. And that's not a bad thing. Yes. It's a real thing. No, yeah. I mean, when I, you know, when I was traveling as sort of a way of life, I was like, oh, I guess, like, whatever way the wind blows. They're like, oh, well, how did you choose Mexico? And I'm like, you know, it's a funny story. Or how did you choose um, Seoul, South Korea? I'm like, another funny story. Taipei, same thing. It's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, I was going to do this, but then this came up, and it sounded good, and I did that instead. And, you know, it's and, and, and I think, like you say, some people can't live that way. I mean, this is like the the classic example is my brother i mean you know the aesop's fable of the grasshopper and the ant yeah uh, so i'm the grasshopper my brother's the ant you know like he wants a traditional inside the box you know like he wanted to be you know in a fraternity he wanted to be you know out of college by this time in a job that made x amount of money like he was always his whole life worried and you know we grew up just fine like in average middle-class family my parents both worked you know they were young parents so we didn't have a lot at the beginning but they worked their way up we did okay by high school we were doing pretty well and then you know i think my brother just would ask my mom like we called him doubting thomas he'd be like uh do you know where we're going whenever we'd get in the car and uh do you have enough gas to get there (laughs) i'd be like i never you know the only thing i knew about putting gas in the car was that like it smelled kind of cool and weird like you know get a little high real quick a little high real quick yeah I guess you know and I would be like oh you know there's that field and there's some horses in the field and there's some flowers and my brother on the other hand actually walked home from kindergarten when he was five because the teacher wasn't there and I guess there was a sign on the door I don't know what happened but he just took off and instead of coming next door to you know second grade where I was He's like, well, my teacher's not here, I'm going home. And he just turned around. I mean, I guess my parents walked him off. He got to the door of the kindergarten, you know, and I don't know how it all happened. It makes my parents sound like they're terrible. They were awesome, but you know, it's just, it was a different era. And uh, yeah. No, it's a way different era. I mean, I was, yeah. when I'd go see my grandmother, I'd get bored at my aunt's house. Yeah. I'd just leave. I right. would walk back to my grandmother's house. Four years old, five years old, I'm walking across a town. Yeah, we would cross the train tracks in a busy street. Yeah, get to my dad's office because, uh, you know, we were latchkey kids, and this isn't like when we're five, but maybe like nine, ten, whatever. And you know, we'd go get candy because, like, you know, 
Sammy would give us candy. He worked in the in the front of the office. It was have a Tampa, like they sold cigar and uh, actually some candy. So we'd go get candy at, or go get some money and go to Sunny's, like the little convenience store. It was fun, but like this yeah. is seventies. I'm sorry, I'm old, but it was like the seventies. No, it was great. I mean, it, it, it is weird great. to think about. I don't let my kid cross the street by herself in a neighborhood, and I know all the neighbors. And no, I still don't. I'm like, I'll watch you. You know what I said? Don't go in the house. I said, knock on the door, yeah. hand them the cookies you made them. And I know the neighbors. It's not like they're bad people. I'm not trying, you know, but I'm like, no, we don't do that. Nope, 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 nope. Sorry. Kids okay. can come over here and swim. Someone will be watching the whole time, whatever yeah. it may be. But no, you don't you ride the bike. Walking. You know, you don't do that yeah. by yourself. And I was, I mean, my parents, I grew up, you know, uh, we went from middle class to upper middle class to poor and kind of we fluctuated, right, right. Uh, economically. As but, you do. As you do. But, man, I'm with you. I mean, I told this story a bunch of times in this podcast. My parents would put me on buses by myself when I was eight yeah. years old for 10 yeah. hours to go see my grandparents. Oh, wow. You know, okay, I'm stopping at like, bus my stops. My grandparents lived in, in Dallas. Where did you live? Montana. Hmm. But so You're kind of going through pretty late. Like Montana E. Yeah, you just you know bus stops uh, in the seventies and early eighties weren't the safest spots. I guess you could say, right? They were. Uh... Right. No, yeah, I had a very creepy experience when I was taking the city bus to in Houston to school to yeah. high school. The high school. I, mean, I didn't do it until high school, wow. but you know, yeah, oh, it was awful. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I do. hundred percent. Kershaw knives. Listen. Okay, so I was probably 12, I think, possibly 13, but you know, I was just six feet tall, skinny as a rail, you know, my little frizzy hair, probably braces, and this guy, and I'm at the bus stop, but I wasn't waiting, like, you know, sitting down with everybody, I was just kind of like standing off to the side, like I did, you know, kind of, and this is pre-cell phone and everything, when this guy comes up, on Belair Boulevard, which is a busy street, and he's like, hey, he's like, you look like, are you going this way, da, da, da. and I'm like, no, dude, I'm waiting for the bus, he's like, he pulls into the parking lot, he's like, it's like a grocery store parking lot, he's like, no, he's like, but you don't look like you belong with these bus people, like, right, dirty bus people, and I'm like, dude, oh. I ride bus every day, like, go, no, no, go away, and like, he like, so I started walking away from the bus stop and he followed me to the bus stop, like pulled into the parking lot and he's like, come on, you don't look, you need, let me give you a ride. Like, I mean, very, very aggressive, very persuasive. It was so filthy, disgusting. And he just looked like a normal, like, you know, a normal dad from the neighborhood. And he was, because get this, this is the worst part. So I was like, no, I'm like, I am not getting in your car, go away. He, you know, was like, oh, come on, just, it's, it's safe for us. I, where are you going? Where are you going? And I, so I went up to the bus stop and talked to the people. And I said, hey, this guy's bugging me, you know, and like kind of pointed at him and they, you know, looked at him and he, he fucked off. But yeah, this, so I am like a good girl, you know, I'm like 12, 13, probably 13 at this point, And I'm like a babysitter and I'm like the star babysitter of the neighborhood. So, yeah. Uh, I get referred to a new client. No. And I go there to babysit and guess who the dad is. Captain Creepy Driver. Captain Creepy Driver. And I am Hey, do you want to ride home now? I'll give you a ride home now. I mean, did you take the job? I, it was, did, you, did you work there? No, I mean, I went, so it was a, 
these hippie, this beautiful hippie couple that was a good friend of my uncle's in California, like in hippie town in like Point Reyes, Northern California, uh, rec you know, recommended for this couple. I had like babysat for them. I learned how to make like Monterey Jack cheese on graham crackers as a delicious snack. And they were so lovely. And so these were their friends. So it was like, I just showed up to babysit. And the guy, of course, turned like ghost white. I just kind of froze. You know, the mom is like introducing me to the kids, telling me what snacks they can have, telling me I can have snacks from the fridge or whatever. I never ate at people's houses. I was such a good babysitter. But I was like, uh, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's weird. And that's tell your daughter, like, don't yeah. ever not tell me. But you know, you didn't have cell phones. And you're like, it's weird. I'd have to call and tell my parents, like, this guy offered me a ride. You know, it just, it, it was creepy. And I just had that instinct, thank God. But, you know, this guy was a predator. And so I was like, oh. So I just babysat their kids. And I was like, well, I'm going to have the mom drive me home. That is my strategy. Sure. And, you know, I called my parents while I was there, which I usually don't do. And I said, hey, so they're going to be home around this time. I should be home around this time. No, no, no. And of course they come home and mom is shit tanked, you know? She's so drunk. Fuck. No way she's driving. And I'm oh, like, fuck. Motherfucker. I know. And I'm like, great. <clears throat> now I have to get in the car with this guy. Oh, FYI, <laughs> folks, for, for you young people listening, yeah. no Uber. Yeah. No Uber, and honestly, in, in no small Uber. towns, and even in regular-sized towns, let's be real honest, taxis weren't just, like, running around. Taxis were special no. occasions. No, I mean, until a, until Uber became a thing, like, you could wait 45 minutes or an hour for a taxi and still not get it, even in Austin. With Captain there, Creepy Pants. It was a shitty service, Jesus. Captain Creepy Pants. So I just said, and I told him, I said, well, I just got off the phone with my parents, and my dad said he's happy to come pick me up. We live just around this, you know, we live in the neighborhood and he's waiting for the call for me, him to come pick me up. And I told him you had just were pulling in the garage, in the driveway. Like, so oh. he knew that my parents knew that they were there, that I'd be home in oh. X amount of time. And, and I went and I got, and I sat, I mean, think like here I am, some 13 year old. I sat in the back seat and he goes, oh, you can sit in the front. I'm like, that's okay. That the fuck out of here. Because he knew that I recognized him. Oh. And I mean, I was like, did he try to say anything? Six feet tall. Oh, no. He he was scared as shit that I was going to blow his cover. Cause, and I should have, but I, yeah, it's just so weird for like a 12 year old to say, oh. like, uh, so this guy tried to offer me a ride one time. And they're like, that seems so innocuous, right? But I'm like, but you don't understand. He was persistent and aggressive and super creepy and salacious. There was some salacious nastiness to it. It was just, I was like, no. And so, yeah, I had him get me right home. And I was like talking about dad the whole time. I was like, I think I had like a pen in my purse. I had like uncapped if I had a stab. And like, I was ready. <laughs> That's the good thing about me. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm really open and loving and trusting. But I mean, when you get that vibe, and I'm fortunate that my, oh. my clinker gives a good vibe on that. I'm like, I am... I am ready to run. God you damn, know, I'm ready to what. fight. I'm ready to run. Yeah, terrible, right? Sorry. Last, the run. last, no, the last lady that was on the podcast, she had a, she's an Uber driver on her part, you know, just because so, she, she, she could meet people. Yeah. And, you know, she lied to me and said she lived in Austin. She lived in Cedar Park. I gave her shit about that. I, she didn't lie to me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm being facetious, obviously. 
but uh she gave this she went to pick this guy up uh and uh he sat in her back seat he was a very athletic tall man and for a second she didn't see his eyes in her rearview mirror and all of a sudden she popped back up and his pants were off and he was getting ready to uh get ready yeah and uh, she said, you know, she pulled over and she told the person, hey, you got to get out. And she said, I stayed very calm and I was very assertive. And he got out and he kicked the car and spit on it. You know, and then finally, um, you know, Uber wouldn't release his name to law enforcement because, you know, Uber likes to protect their clients. Pocket. Right. Dirty fuckers. And uh, <sighs> they finally found out he was arrested. When they finally caught up to him, I think he was already in jail, arrested for assaulting somebody else. God. So, you know, a real piece of fucking work that that champ was. But real piece of work. Yeah, I, I, mean, I just can't, I can't imagine what you like. And listen, I, I'm, I jokingly say things about, you know, and listen, some people have tried shit with me as a kid. And I, you know, someone tried to pick us up on the side of the road and, you know, driving. Yeah. When I was do, doing buses, you know, they were, I remember some guy tried to follow me into the restroom. And so I went to the ladies' restroom to use it. It's like, oh, the ladies, listen, the fuck? you, you, you think I care. The problem is that people think I care, and I don't. So I'll go use the ladies' restroom. There gonna be nine women in there. Like, what are you doing in here? A guy tried to follow me to the men's restroom. Oh, well, here, you, there's the install. Yeah, Do your business. I well, walk out with, I walk world, out with, I walk out with nine back. ladies. They're just like, yeah. oh, sorry, who is looking for this young man? Man, people are like, no, I'm fucking nothing. Crazy yeah, bus stop right. ladies, they're like, nope, not having any of it. Any crazy ladies, if a kid comes in and tells me that, I am taking this fucker down, you know? And it just makes me sad that I wasn't brave enough, you know, to tell someone at the time, like, oh, like this guy, you know, my parents are like, what? Why didn't you tell us? I'm like, what would you have done? Go what shoot the done? neighbor? I mean, go beat his ass? I mean, maybe go beat him up would be great. Or, you know, it's, it's you great for the moment, but it's also, it's not great for the moment because. Yeah. What? You don't have any evidence that something bad happened. Right. And so now that right. dad's just going to jail and now he's got a grudge. And yep. it, it, it's so fucked up. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, um, yeah. I was, I, it's just, it's a tough, I can't imagine, you know, as, as a father, as a daughter, right? It is, um, yeah. It's the crazy thing of opening communication. It's funny, my buddy Mike Erie said this. He never gets mad at his kids and say, why did you do that? And he never comes in with the attitude when they're in trouble of how I'm going to punish you because you did something wrong. Instead, he asks them, hey, what were you feeling when that happened? So what made, what, what emotion drove the decision? Yeah. And it's very interesting, right? Because we come from a different culture. And I say we, us 70s, early 70s, born in the early yeah. 70s kids. Right? I mean, <laughs> right? We come from, you spare the rod, well, your kid's going to become a fucking disaster. And I don't oh, know. My parents were like a little more hippie than that. Like they well, would cool. honky tonkin and, you know, see him, Willie and Waylon and the boys, literally. And uh, oh. yeah, they didn't believe in spanking, but see, my but that's dad. that's good. Would, yeah. I mean, there's that's no like, no greater punishment than your dad sitting down and they, you know, like you have to like tell the truth you have to like you know mama's a little more fiery she's the redhead but you know it was like be like oh you stole those lifesavers go back in the store give the tell the cash the cashier that you stole them and you're sorry and you're going back in by yourself 
yeah. and give them money for it. And you better not come out with those lifesavers. You're giving them back. You're paying for them. You're apologizing. And you, I don't care how much shame you feel because you should, because that's a shameful thing you did stealing those that's lifesavers. 1000%. And I, and I come take, from the, take your I, own accountability. Yeah. yeah. And I come from the attitude of this. I can't say as a father, I can't spank my child and then say, I'm doing this because I love you. And right. then 20 years down the road, she gets into a bad relationship. A guy hits her and he goes, shit, I'm sorry. You know, I love you. Ugh. I mean, honestly, I, and I know yeah. there's a separation, but there's not a separation. No, right? I there's know. not. And yeah. I don't, I can't, I mean, I will come across and I will do the conversation and the emotion yeah. and the guilt and find out and figure out what's going on. And I will have her do tough things like that. She yeah. messed up. She said she did something dumb. I forget what. And yeah, got, okay. almost got away with it, right? She's six. There's a lot of dumb shit. Yeah. But she you know, kind of got away with it a little bit. And, and I said, no, I saw that. Come here. I know what happened. I saw the whole thing. It was an accident. You're going to go to our neighbor. And you're going to tell him exactly what happened. And no one understands crying voice. So I don't want to fucking hear it. And she was like, I can't do it. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. You can. And you're going to. Yeah. You're gonna, you are going to win and lose by how you communicate with people. And some days you're going to eat crow and you're going to feel bad, but you're going to know how to apologize. Yeah. And other days it's going to feel uncomfortable, but you're going to say things because you want to push the envelope and you want to let it be known. And because you have the ability, because you are the person you are, people will have forgiveness in their heart for you, knowing that it's passion and it's driven. And if it is a mistake, you will own up to it. And if it's not a mistake, they will see past your passion and they will see where you're correct and guiding the right way. You know, your teacher the other day said something dumb. And I'm like, you know, I'm done with this bullshit. I'm done. You, she used to spend all day with you Monday through Friday. Now I got a Zoom call for 30 minutes on Monday and then I got a Zoom call for 30 minutes on Friday. And that's it. This is gross. It should, you should be embarrassed for the lack of education that AISD and what's going on right now, you should be embarrassed. You'd be, and I believe I dropped the F-bomb. Yeah. And so now you want us like to find a Zoom link on Blend or do this or do that and log in here and go over here and jump through these hoops. No. I went out and bought 11 mind-blowing science experiments. I went out and bought a math book, a reading comprehension book, yeah. bought more books. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it, but I don't want to hear your bullshit about, oh, no, go to technology. By the way, here's nine websites you need to log into so you can get this code so you can come watch my Zoom meeting. Go fuck no. it. I don't need That's it. That's crazy. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for teachers and educators, but yeah, I mean, that sounds like a crazy situation. Well, I mean, listen, I, I love teachers and I'm an advocate yeah. for teachers and education because right. we're not getting anywhere without them. We're just not. It's just right. a very real thing. But um, yeah, but this is, yeah, crazy. But it's not summer break. And the fact that you're not ready for this, no one was. Yeah. And it's, that's not an excuse. It's that's not, not an excuse. excuse. It's I not agree. an excuse. Everyone yeah. got caught in this scenario. Everybody did. It's, you know, and I'll tie it back to the movie. Oh, right. well, I didn't realize that the pins were going to fall that way. It's not an excuse. Wait. You know, no one has to know. It's serious, yeah. Right? I mean, no one yes. has to know. And in not knowing and doing stuff, you still march forward and there's still, you know, and you still communicate. And if you're not, you, you'll, you get one, you, you get one with me that goes, you know what? I'm just not good at technology. You get one of those. Yeah. 
Go I didn't learn. know how to podcast. I didn't know how to load stuff on the internet. I didn't know how to, I didn't, uh, I mean, the I didn't knows were a mile long. I didn't know what an RSS feed was. I thought I had to make one myself. I had no idea, <laughs> right? I'm like, how do you make yeah. your own RSS feed? And people are like, what the fuck are you talking, are you a moron? Like, what is going <laughs> on? Right there, out there for a minute. Okay. Yep, talk to me. I agree. Uh, so I'm thinking, Randy, I just peeked over because I'm watching the movie mm -hmm. over here. I mean, but we are at a good point, but um, <laughs> literally that's funny. But okay, so please, <laughs> I just looked over at Randy Quaid and his face always makes me laugh. Randy Quaid's crazy. He's so crazy in real life, but yeah. I would love for you to tell the crowd what's going on. I have to let my mom's dog in. My bad. No worries. No worries. Um, no worries. So, no, I'll keep talking. So, so explain what's going on with Kingpin with, with and Randy Quaid's role. Yeah, I mean, and I'll be talking right about his, his weird wet nipples right now. And how he's just got <laughs> yes. How he yes, I am. Nipples. <laughs> <laughs> he through his weird nipples. It is, uh, no, so there's a private bowling game. I mean, this is like, okay. books. like, let's get some fun. Boom. Let's get our strikes. Let's have a good time. It is, uh, but what you're not getting and what you're not, I mean, this is, you guys have to understand the spoof that this movie is pulled off of, right? So Color of Money, this idea of a great pool hustler who then finds just the hearing the break of the balls, the passion behind the style, finds his next protege. Now, the leading up to finding the next protege, obviously, when it comes to this is a little bit different than Color of Money. But the idea of, of, of working this underground circuit to get enough money so you can go play in the big leagues is very color of money-esque. And it makes, it begs the question of, of, of two things. One, uh, do you gamble? Me? Yes, do you gamble? I'm not very good at it, so I'm going to I didn't ask you a good at it. I asked you gamble. <laughs> no, not, not with money, Vegas not really. Vegas is good at gambling, right? Yeah, Vegas not with good. money, really. Like, no, I don't. I don't. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, and then two, uh, you know, being, uh, as you were telling us, you know, as, as a kid, growing up, you're six feet tall. Was there, uh, was there undue pressure to put you into sports? Was it like, I mean, because I came from a small town in Montana. I'm 6'2", 215 pounds. I've literally I'm been, like, oh. I'm, I'm like, I've been this size since I was like a junior in high school. Nice. Same, same pant size, same shirt size, <laughs> right? I got like, I ballooned up to like 300 and some odd pounds and then came back down. I lost, I ballooned up over 100 pounds more and then come back down. Okay. But, um, so I've always been like that 34 inch waist large t-shirt you know size 11 and a half okay. or 12 shoe since a junior in high school and you know it makes you um i wonder but everyone because i was from a small town was like you should play football you should play basketball you should do track right uh, you should there's all these things you should do just because you're tall just because right. you're big i wasn't good at any of them I mean, I've become good at basketball, <laughs> but that's because in Newport Beach, I got to play with professional basketball players. Yeah. I mean, I played with legit NBA players and they taught me, they took the time out of their day to teach me stuff, knowing that I was so bad or knowing that yeah. I was just, that I wasn't, I was competitive, but I would never hurt them. Right. That they let me play with them. NFL yeah. players, NBA players. So that's how the only reason I got good at it. 
but I was, yeah. I wasn't physically coordinated until I was in college. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true, too. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, sports were social, I mean, up until like high school, and then became a little cutthroat in all real <laughs> Catholic school. Oh, my God, those girls were mean. But yeah, like, you know, like, I mean, I played volleyball in middle school and, and, uh, and yeah, basketball. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. And I mean, I just remember there were just too many times like I'd get caught up. And I'm, but the thing is, I'm very, I mean, I'm not super agile. I'm not super fast. You know what I mean? I'm not super coordinated. My brother always says, again, we're sort of night and day. He's the ant on the grasshopper. He's also like, he's like, she got the brains and I got the coordination or something like that. So in a way it's true, you know, I'm sure if I've worked at it, I could develop it, but it just wasn't my passion. You know, I mean, I love playing basketball. I love playing volleyball, but when it became like such a cutthroat thing, I really didn't. I mean, the next time I played sports, and the last time I played competitively was probably, um, what do you call it? Like flag football. Oh, like intramural stuff. Was it in college? Intramural stuff. But, well, yeah. it was just kind of like they have one big game a year and it's. Sure. So since I went to an all girls Catholic school, there were two all boy Catholic schools sort of, you know, and they were strict Jesuit and St. Thomas. And you know, so there was like this kind of rivalry between them and then between like getting the girls from the two all-girls Catholic schools to like to be on their side or for their football teams and stuff like that. And I just really could care about any of, care less about any of that. I couldn't care less about any of that. But yeah, uh, but yeah, there was like the flag football and they're like, you gotta play, you gotta be on our team. So I played for the St. Thomas team. And in the first day, even though I was, I mean, honestly, like seriously, like probably like a hundred pounds, like I was six feet tall and probably like 110 pounds wet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just like tall and skinny, like no boobs. Like I did have a little bubble butt, but that's just like part of my family heritage. But you know, it was one of those things, uh, but I was, you know, I was tall and I was not afraid. So I got put on the defensive line the first day of practice, you know, and I would, you know, and I was in yearbook, I was a junior and I was in yearbook with uh, girls who were seniors who were on the Jesuit side, which was like, they're kind of a little bit, I'd say the St. Thomas scene is like a, a little bit more innocent, more like Pollyanna type girls in a way. We all okay. like partied and were fun, but like the Jesuit girls were kind of like cooler. Makes you sense. Know? I'm with you. Yeah. And so these were older, cooler girls, plus like the most beautiful woman I thought a girl I'd ever seen, like Pookie Rodriguez. She was cool. She was like- Her name was Pookie, uh, Pookie Rodriguez? Pookie Rodriguez. Do you know her? No, just it's a great name. Like, I mean- It's she's a great not a, name, like C-U-Q-U-I. C-U-Q-U-I. I love not it. C-O-O-K-I-E. But yeah, Pookie Rodriguez. She was Rodriguez. beautiful and a badass and just the coolest girl in school to me. And of course, she was, they put us up against each other because, you know, word gets out that I, like I was a fierce contender and she was on her team too. So they would just, you know, constantly come in and go like, tell me who cookie her. And I'm like, oh my God, it took me like an hour to get the girl's skin from under my fingernails once I got home last night. Oh. Like, I mean, we would just like trade these stories, like psyching each other up for the big game, you know? And the game, like our thing was like, oh, it's so innocent in high school, but you know, we were gonna wear like boxers over our, you know, like plaid boxers over our whatever. Sure. Yeah, or for our uniform or whatever. And so of course they they like broke into our lockers and stole, like Cookie broke into my locker and stole my boxers. Cookie, come on now. 
Cookie, come on now. This is a good, like, psych up kind of a How thing. How does she not have a podcast called Cookie, come on now? You know, Cookie, uh, Cookie changed. I don't know. I saw her, like, when I was in my 20s and working in restaurants, and she just changed a lot. No. Looked like a totally different person, but, you know, I'll always have that vision of her. But, yeah, so we were just sitting there, and it would be like they'd blow the whistle on Cookie, and I would just sit there, like, growling at each other and staring each other down. <laughs> she thought she could scare me because I was... Uh, so much younger and like geekier in a way and she was like this cool badass and I was like oh no it's on so I have a competitive streak but I'm still not athletic <laughs> I like that. but you wouldn't want to attack me because I will kick your ass see I like that I like that kind of talk that's good now uh <laughs> we're they just left somewhere it's funny they're driving across country they're doing all these games uh they're having fun but most importantly and one of my favorite things I'm gonna tell a story and then I want you to tell one or two or three or four or five how many want? They're stopping at diners and they're eating food. Yes. And I don't think, you know, my wife doesn't get this. My kid gets it. She hates road trips. My wife hates road trips. My kid loves no. road trips. So like we drove to Montana two days in the car. We drove to Montana. We had a great time. We mm -hmm. went out of the way, went through Roswell, New Mexico to, uh, to get alien pancakes because that's part of the road trip. Hey, man, well, we're here to party. Let's go. Like, let's make this amazing. Now, the I drive one thing across that, the middle of nowhere without some interesting, like, pit stops, you know? Yeah, but you, like, you sit there and you go, it's, it's probably not going to be good. However, <laughs> no. it's the experience that it's not good. Like, I was, I was driving I, with my friend Brenda. We were out of college. Uh, and I had an 85 lifted Jeep, bikini top, the center console was gutted out and a cooler was put in there with a drop plug. So I could put a six pack of beer in there, ice it down. Oh, dude. Come on now. And we are, we are cruising along, we're having fun, we're messing around. And uh, we stop outside of, um, outside of Vegas, Highway 93, heading north near, um, near Area 51. We stop and we... Uh, we see all of a sudden this uh, this group of guys come in and they're on bikes and they're having fun and doing their thing and oh, that was interesting and one guy's got a really fucked up arm. I mean, it's not good. Oh, I'm kind of looking over at him. And it's not wrapped or anything. It's just no, it's just it's all mangled. It's just like the skin was melted and mangled. These were like biker bros, like rum, rum, yep. Or... Yep. Okay. They were uh, they were in a cute right. little gang called the Warlocks. All right. Real nice people. Uh, you know, very, very fun. And so anyways, we start, somehow I start talking to this person and my friend is just like, nope, these are not the people we talk to. I'm like, no, we're on a road trip. Like you talk to everyone on a road trip. You do, you have to. You have to. So we're hanging out and I'm talking to this guy and I've got my eggs and, you know, I'll, I'll eat something very small on road trips, right? I just do small snacks, lots oh, of, okay. lots of caffeine. Uh, and so, because the food makes me tired a little bit, right? So I'm yeah. just like, boom, here we go. We're having fun. We're messing around. I'm chatting with this guy. I'm like, by the way, you know me asking, man? What the fuck happened to your arm? Like, was that a biking accident? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, no. I was a part of the Hells Angels. And when I became a warlock, they burned my Hells Angel tattoo off. Mm-mm. He goes, nope. where are you heading? And I said, to Montana. And we're taking Highway 93 straight up. Like, this is the, this is the drive. Straight up. We're doing it. And I've and never been there, but I assume it's like in 
completely desolate middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. No, Highway 93 stretch uh, through Nevada is desolate. It's dark. It's empty. It's pretty crazy. And right. he goes, well, we patrol this area, whatever that, whatever the fuck that means. Sure. Right. A lot of miners, a lot of people working, probably need some extra drugs, whatever it may be. You know? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Listen, I love drugs, so I'm not mad at it. Um, <laughs> so we're like, thanks. Good ones out there, fill right? up, you know, fill up the truck with, you know, fill up the Jeep with gas and we're on our way. And of course, twice they drove by and they waved. And my friend was like, these are not friends and i'm like nah they're our friends it's all good yeah she was super nervous the whole time i don't blame her looking back i mean it was somewhat foolish uh to give my travel plans to a biker gang but at the same time yeah there's something fun about the fact that you know people driving around making sure we got to the next gas station yeah right And, and the food was horrible at the place we walked in literally saw cockroaches scurry yeah and I yeah. ordered a cup of coffee and a piece of toast. And um, there were twins there. One twin was 300 pounds. One twin was That worked there? That worked there. One was 300. One was 120 pounds. But their faces were identical. So it was super weird. Yeah. I wish I had like weed or shrooms or something just to magically push me through that moment, which I probably <laughs> would tell a much better story. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably wouldn't remember it. It'd just be better up there. It'd just be better just, just floating in yeah. the, the flashbacks of, why are, why are there two different sized twins running around in my brain? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was interesting. But those are the points of road trips. Those are the oh. moments of, of, yes. of, of, of seeing. And, and, and once again, the food's never good. It's not like you're, you're going to magically find the best hamburger joint in the world in a truck stop outside of Des Moines. However, the experience that got you to that truck stop in Des Moines to where you broke down, you're like, fuck, I'm so hungry. I'm getting this burger. Yeah. Is the magical moment that I think people miss out on. A hundred percent. And then the burger tastes like it just because you have it. And then it's like, or it's just like (laughs) comically bad. I mean, I will say the exception to that is if you're in Texas and heading east like anywhere like uh, East Texas, Louisiana, especially Louisiana, sure. like uh, always stop on the side of the road. Yes, 1,000%. diners is, oh my God, I just will never forget. A uh, couple decades ago, my mom had, had chemo and was done with chemo. And we, my aunt and my cousin, who's my mom's sister, and my mom and my cousin Rachel and I decided to take this road trip to see like the lights of Natchitoches, which is, I think we went to Natchitoches and Nacogdoches. So I think Natchitoches is East Texas, which is like where Steel Magnolias was. Okay. So we've got like all the lights along the river. And there are all these little Christmas tones around there, right? Uh Uh-huh. But we went and, but I was, then we were in Louisiana and I want to see Kate Chopin's house because I think she's a beautiful writer. I, read her I was an English major in college too continuing that old thing right and uh I read the awakening right about the right time for me I'm like oh I can totally relate to this like not wanting to fit in anybody's box and but she's living with this like kind of conservative expectation and everything Kate Chopin read this book the awakening and it's beautiful and amazing so I was real into her and got my mom to read that and we were like yeah let's go see Kate Chopin's house because again one of those things like oh there's a Kate Chopin house over here you know like really not trying to go see 
Plantations. You're finishing your bottle of wine. I'm opening up my last beer. I love the magic. We're on perfect, we're in perfect drinking schedules. We are. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. And uh, yes, we, we, you know, are on our way to Cape Chapinas. And of course, it's off the road as it is. And it's always further than it looks on the map or than they say it is, right? Mm -hmm. On highway signs. So you're just going and going. And we're like, what the hell? Am I getting hungry? And there's just this little, like, double wide just in the middle of nowhere on the side of the road and it has a sign outside like handwritten meat pies you know <gasps> we stopped for meat pie Gotta we stop. stopped for meat pies it's honestly one of the best meals i've ever had in my life the meat pies at that restaurant oh my god in the side of the road oh, we would never be able to find it again it's pre-instagram where you can like pin all that shit you know what i mean but it was just amazing like we always we still talk about those meat pies like 20 years later well you have to because you have to. it's the one thing that road trips do like the one thing with hanging out with friends do the one thing that we'll bring it back to your blog and and, and, and supporting restaurants in austin and wherever whatever Very city you may be in yeah food driving friends experiences around it there is um do you know elijah may Elijah May? Yeah. He's, uh, so he's a buddy of mine, and we were doing this contract work uh, with a law firm in Colleen. So okay. I drive up to Cedar Park, and we'd shoot over and go up and around, and we'd always take this side road, a little two-lane highway. And we saw, first a couple times we went up there, we saw this sign that said, World's Best Hamburgers, and it pointed left. And usually, you know, there's a sign? Yeah. And then the road is like an eighth of a mile up or whatever, and then you turn left or right. No, this sign was literally at the road. So, you know, you're going 65. You're like, oh, that's where the hamburgers are. So finally, we're just like, fuck it, we're stopping. We're just yeah. stopping. So we stop, we go down this road. We're going to this little tiny town. Gorgeous, gorgeous high school. And the parking lot is filled with Border Patrol agents, um, unmarked police cars. DEA cars. I mean, it's just all like law enforcement and then old people. That's crazy. So we pull up and they have access beer on tap and you get a free access pint glass. And these burgers are not cheap. They're like 12 bucks a burger. What the hell? On the side of the road, please? Yeah, they're delicious. Not the well, best. Not the best. Hands, down, hands down, not the best. No, no, no. <laughs> Casino El Camino is the best hamburger I've ever had. And it's pretty good. It's a pretty good burger. Pop Daddy. Yeah. Hold my beer. I'm going to go to Casino El Camino and get a real hamburger. I'll be back. <laughs> you got good milkshakes. But come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're, we go in. Well, we yeah, decide... I love brittle burgers too. Like they're thinner patties. Yeah. They're just, they're in there. Like they're, yeah. Just, know. You know, outhouse. There's no indoor plumbing there. It's an outhouse. <laughs> you got to get a key to the outhouse. All this bullshit. Uh, so we go. We check it out. We have to go back out and see the client a month later. And uh, we go there again. The lady remembers our order, remembers us, remembers our order, apologizes they don't have free pint glasses for us again. That's beautiful. And then says, now last time you guys each got fries with your burger, it's cheaper if you just get a basket of fries. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I want to try something. She goes, well, I know you like spicy. So here's what we have that I recommend. 
and he didn't like spicy so here's what i recommend for him and i was like great this is fantastic but we ended up stopping there like three or four times during this contract of this group because once again the food wasn't that great it wasn't but right. the service the people the people yeah. around us the idea of it was great because you're not making the world's best burger you're not however no. you're putting in the effort like you're making the world's best burger. Oh, yeah. And that's all I care about, right? I mean, that is the, that's the yeah. dance where I was like, oh, this is so pretty and so and much And you fun. remember my order. You remember that I like it spicy. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. That's yeah. irreplaceable. Something irreplaceable. like that you've got to go. Yeah. And so you go back, you check it out, and you have some fun, and you goof off. And, you know, I just, I'm a big fan of, of those things because if you take that meat pie, right and you gold belly and it just gets shipped to you it's not going to taste as good because you're not with the same people you didn't make the effort in the drive the weather wasn't there the humidity whatever it was that surrounded that made that stop a place where you had to stop all of those all of those things the same things you can't get when you fly over colorado or over over anything else right those those moments you just you got to drive because you got to see, you know, and it was one time we were, uh, we were driving to Kentucky where my wife's from and she's asleep. Cause I like to leave at like four in the morning. I have this theory and my dad has <laughs> proved it right. You leave your local area as early as you can. Okay. So one, your body wakes up with the sun, right? You got to think of farmer, Montana farmer, your body wakes up with the sun. So wake up with the sun. I look at the movie right now. Just, I know they are. Okay. Andy Quay just got done dancing. Sexy, sexy man. Sexy, sexy man. But okay, sorry. Continue. But you wake up. You wake up with wake the sun. Wake up with the sun. And then you fi start finding locations. So, we are driving north on thirty-five, and then right outside of Waco, there's a little two-lane road, and it takes you kind of over, around Shreveport. It's not the most direct way to Kentucky, hands down, not the most direct way. Sure. But it's a two-lane road. Okay. Which means awesome awesome places to get gas gas is more expensive obviously i don't care i'm for yeah. the experience yeah so we get, the experience is the thing it is and so we're getting out we're cruising along and my wife's like where are we where's the highway i go oh i took a little detour and she's like gets on ways she goes you've picked the longest way to get to control <laughs> Because she uh, doesn't like road trips. She doesn't like road trips. And she's like, get back on the fucking freeway right now. This is Did bullshit. you end up having fun there? No, no. So we, end up, we stop at this place called, you're going to love this. It's a throwback to not only a great movie, but also just the ingenuity of people. We're in Louisiana and we stop at a McDonald's. But it's not a fast food restaurant. Right. It is a, it's a, kind of a it's a it's a restaurant but it's also like a country store and they serve 10 12 different kinds of gator i love it but the movie is is uh coming to america right but that's yeah different. yeah that's movies coming to america that's the throwback to coming to america and but, the, yeah the actual place was so louisiana. Yeah, it was in louisiana and we walk in and we i take my daughter back to the restroom and we're having fun and, uh, you know, we go back to the restaurant. And remember those old, I don't know if your grandparents had this. My, my grandmother had this. Uh, she had the foam toilet seat. 
Uh, I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one was broken. And, oh, yeah. you know, so it was all porous, the porous spots yeah. there. I mean, there's a lot of infectious diseases in there, 1,000%. <laughs> but also, Again, our immune systems are kind of strong because kind we of lived strong. in this era. And yes. so I have, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this and I'm blown away. And my daughter goes, this bathroom is disgusting, but dad, it smells fantastic. <laughs> they did a great job making this bathroom smell so good. That is, and I was like, uh, first of all, incredu I'm incredulous. Yeah, and also just, well, where, where do you find bathrooms like that? Road trips. Why do yeah. you find them? Because you stop. Why? Because, <clears throat> listen, in this. Road trips and dive bars. They've got some interesting bars. <laughs> They're the best things in the world. And I'll tell you this, gas yeah. is so cheap right now. So yeah. cheap right now. Folks, it's going to be cheap for a bit. Yeah. I know it's, it's a hard thing to say, and I'm not financially the person who would be like, hey, and everyone can do this. But if you have a moment in time, as all this is ending and things are opening up, go take a road trip, even if it's only in your state. I am going to. I, I have to. I mean, come on. We all got to get out and move yeah. along. I've got friends in Louisiana. They've come to see me. I need to go see them. Jada and Andrea, I'm coming for you. Just letting you know, I'm Pierre. Coming. And what coming part of what right part now. of uh, Louisiana? Uh, I believe it's called Payne. P A Y N E. Okay. Payne. Uh, <laughs> Payne. Uh, yeah, they're they're great. I met them. Oh, it's exactly what I talked about earlier on that stand up paddleboard, like they're glow in the dark sure, paddleboards. Yeah. It's in San Marcos, so you do them at night, and so it's a because they're glow in the dark and um, we met this family uh, when I was writing an article about it we did it and there's you know just and I was like he opened his mouth here and he's like okay John you know uh, I don't want to imitate his voice because no, I can't but it's a very Cajun accent I'm like what? you know and uh, his wife and his children were across the aisle in the bus and we were all just chatting and my friend was fun and we just all chatted and then we get in and Pierre and his son are like helping everybody get in and on their boards and you know they're like they're they're fit they're they're like they want to help everybody they're, they're so cute and so strong and then like Jada the oldest daughter and I just kind of like she kept I kept running my board in hers she because I'm like I'm not good at this <laughs> and she's like it's okay uh, so you know we go down this like hour and a half at night this kind of cool experience and then we start talking and uh and her mom Andrea is like oh Andrea is like we just love like blogging she's like Jada's interested in that and I don't know long story short too late for that but they ended up coming to visit me like a year later and like Jada got like school credit for gonna following me around in my blogging life and so awesome. we went yeah so we did all the things like I took her to studio 512 and Cisco like gave us like the ultimate tour and Rosie and stuff were so sweet to them. And then uh, we went to like the United Way, like scavenger hunt downtown, which is amazing. Uh, we went like kayaking on, uh, actually I got a canoe, which was a bad idea. Like we should have done a kayak, but on a town lake later, sure. or, like, whatever, uh, to, for the like 
concert or something like it was a Brazilian band it's like a floating concert and so we kayak there we just had like the best weekend basically and I didn't never wanted them to leave and then uh that was just you know Jada and Andrea had come back like the next year and then a couple months later Pierre and Andrea came but the first night I took them to Skylark Lounge which is one of the first places I'm going to go when all this shit opens up and talking about food like that like you have to have the fish and chips at skylark lounge okay and you have to go to skylark lounge and see miss mac play like miss mac and the tattoos they're amazing miss and mac, no I've, I've heard them play yeah epic 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 i know and uh one of my first experiences i'm gonna have when this all opens back up the fish and chips miss mac and the daddies i'll get andrea and jader andrea and pierre or all of them to come and it's gonna be so fun and yeah I'm really excited but like I took them like to see Miss Mac so it was just really fun like they love Skylark they love the fish and chips and you know like they're from Louisiana like they know fish and chips man Oof. you know what I mean yeah 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 no I know what you mean that's but see that's the beauty of people and, and doing this stuff you know it's, it's the beauty of the of the running around and having fun and, and the randomness of life and talking to everybody is a I mean, I'm excited. Like when, when everything opens up, right? I'm thinking like, all right, I cannot wait to do a podcast in dive bar. Can't wait to see Matt and the crew, right? I just can't wait. Just yeah. be like, gentlemen, God bless you. Thank you for being patient, right? Uh, I, you know, I did a I did a podcast with Scott, the guy who does the tactical six pack carriers, uh, and, and you know, he with, without me knowing, right? I got one in the mail, and it had the talking during movies logo on it. It was all black, murdered out. <laughs> It's so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. I'm going to take some more pictures of it and, and share it. Yeah, um, share some pictures. But it was, uh, you know, and he tags me and stuff, and he's just so nice, and he's so much fun. And we had, like, this two-hour conversation, and we talked over that uh, the David Duchovny uh, movie, Evolution. And we didn't touch on that movie once because we didn't talk. I mean, the last time he did the podcast, he came to Austin because he made a tactical six-pack carrier for, uh, for Chive, and he wanted to deliver it personally to Chive. And, yeah. and in that, he also, there's a couple other things that his wife was doing in town. And so I was like, dude, if you're in town, like, we'll just, we'll make it work. Whatever, let me know the schedule. We will make it work. And uh, not only would we make it work, which was fun, we just got to bro out for a little bit. Just got to hang out. Just two people just bullshitting, right? Oh, I know. And it was just. You do then, like to grow up. I do. I'm just the guy who's <laughs> like, we have a cocktail and just chat. I don't care who you are. Let's just have a cocktail and chat. Here. And we got to do that. And then it was, I mean, all of a sudden, we talked the other night and it was like two friends who hadn't talked in years. And we're just bullshitting away, having fun. I mean, like this, right? It's like, we, we, we talk a lot online, go back and forth on uh, DM yeah, and Instagram. And, you know, there's, there's and things. That, and, yeah. But still, it's like, this is the great thing about people and this podcast is that we don't we've had two in we've had one in-person conversation i'll call this right. person conversations right, we right. this one. counts as the second but this counts yeah, as it's... the second right and <laughs> right. and it's the the idea of people who are just like yeah no i'll just chat like let's just have fun let's just talk about random shit whatever you want to let's go that concept and that idea is so foreign to most people you know uh, i get emails and it's like well how do you engage with these people and i'm like it's not me engaging like it's it's us talking yeah and i feel super bad for you 
super bad for you that you don't have those people or don't have that opportunity or whatever it may be and they're like no i just Confidence don't know how to or... yeah. yeah it's just weird and so i've started to really take account for uh the, the privilege uh, of this and the privilege of people spending time with me but also it's like this new friendship lane that i get to have right where yeah even with good friends of mine you know i still don't get to spend like just two hours bullshitting with them they got wives right. they got kids they got yeah this but i can but if i carve out a podcast right now i got two hours i gotta hang out they're like it's part uh-huh. of the podcast uh-huh, right now it's the thing now it's i mean if i called you and said hey we're going to talk for two hours on zoom you're like we'll talk for 30 minutes but i mean she's two hours it's a long time it's like we like, have a movie playing down, dude. <laughs> have a movie playing in the background that we both like it's about a yeah. sport that we've both yeah. done I'm going to film the movie. Yeah. And it's got a great, great cast, you know, and, and those parts are, those are the things that, that make it magical and awesome, right? They just are. Yes. And that's, this is, you know, this is the blessing. I mean, the blessing and the curse of all of this is we, we realize we took, maybe took a little bit for granted, right? Yeah. Uh, but the blessing is also is, is the, is the ability for people like us to, um, to find different ways and go and reconnect and whether you're doing happy hours with friends or, you know, writing about great restaurants that are giving back and just trying, I mean, what's the guy, God, what's the guy's name? He's Thomas Goring, uh, has a coffee shop on the North side of Austin. Ooh, Kick butt coffee, kick butt coffee. I remember because when I first yeah. moved to Austin, yes, yes, when I first moved, I, I won a $150 gift certificate from kick butt coffee. That's awesome. And I was like, dude, I didn't have a job. I was, I was there every day. I was like, I'll get a mocha. I mean, I was like, there you go. And then I had like two bucks, three bucks that I could give for a tip, and boom, boom. Uh, and he was on the news, and something else came out, and he's like, hey, if you, uh, don't have a job and you come by there's days where he's giving food away to the unemployed right now yeah right now and it's good food i mean thomas that they good cookies really big muffins i mean really good stuff and uh i just i shot him an email and i said hey you're a good man thank you for being you that is a tough time it's easy to be a good man or a good woman when times are great right but when you're getting your butt kicked and no one can show up to your place where you do live music, comedy. You're just trying everything, right? Right. When all of that's lost. It's so hard to curate all of these things to entertain people and build your business. And, and it's all lost. And your first reaction is, how do I give back? Yeah. Stop. Stop. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm here forever. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, my, right? You're my I favorite. Mean, Love them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm out in the fact that I'm just like, I can't believe the fortitude you have, A. But yeah. B, dude, I mean, I will talk about you. I will share your story. That's amazing. Yeah. I wish I'd known that when I was writing my article about well, the people who are doing that kind of thing. But, we're, tell, we're, say, we're saying it now, so it's all good. We're saying it now. We're getting it out there. You know, we're saying it now. It's, and and those, are, those are the things where... You know, uh, 
whatever people are doing to give back, whatever they're doing to uh, to help make the world a little, it could be as simple as sidewalk chalk, right? I mean, our neighbor, her and the know, girls, and nice. she does my girl, and she's like, oh, this is our weekly inspiration thing, blah, 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 whatever it may be. It's like, okay, but, you know, still, that's not like everyone's on easy street and they're still finding ways. They're still finding ways to be positive. Yeah. And that's, I feel like if you invest the time to try to spend some energy to lift other people up, it's inevitable it lifts you up as well. So it's like it's beautiful and altruistic in the, in the purest way, but it's also like so good for your own head and heart and soul, you know? Yeah, there's, there are moments where you just got to, you got to take a step back and you have to think like, all right, is this, is this the head, heart and soul move? Like, I mean, my, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fiery, temporary person. Um, and uh, my daughter was like, hey, you're really mellow right now. Like all these people are stressed out and you're super mellow. I'm like, I, I have to be right now. Like now's not the time for me to get pissed. Now's not the time for me to be frustrated. Now is the time when something doesn't work out. You're like, oh, okay, well, I guess, you know, uh, we'll just, um, I don't know, we'll try something different. We'll keep yeah. rocking and rolling. Oh, that experiment didn't work. Okay, well, we'll do something different. I don't care. I mean, we're doing, you know, but, the, you know, and I hope that attitude carries through for me for the rest of my life because this is nice. Not creating extra stress by just being, you know, uh, overly, not overly exuberant, but just being, you know, uh, right. tenacious to a fault, if you will. And there, like being there, being present. Yeah. And just letting things happen. Your people in your life and yeah. And yeah, we do what we can. We just, I don't know. I'm taking more naps than ever. Are you? I don't, I sleep less than ever now. Um, yeah. Because, <laughs> You know, but it, it, once again, that's okay too. Um, but I look at it as the dumb thing, right? I look at it and go, well, I got some TV time to watch some more. Sh I got to watch Bull, I guess. Uh, what else do I got to watch? Uh, uh, what are some? Okay, what, so what's what we should watch. Real I mean, we're watching King Pim, which is obviously. It's, a, it's Listen, it's one of the greatest casts as far as if you look at <laughs> legacy. You look at amazing yeah. actors and actresses, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the young lady is that is the uh, the. I don't think she ever did much else. Yeah, she's she did a much else. Vixen. But she's a beautiful young woman. Uh, she's done. Yeah. She did a hell of a job. Um, she had the de definitely had the Jennifer Aniston, where it's just like, oh, it's always going to be like sixty degrees around uh -huh. right my nipples. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Definitely. But, but, yeah, I saw a lot of her nipples in this movie. I'm like, oh. yeah. but it was, but you know, I mean, still, it's a, it's a great cast. It's a great group of people, and it's not like good or bad people can uh, do or do not win when it comes to uh, to bowling, or when it comes to to shows. But I think what you can see, or what you do see, is uh, effort, if you will. And I like effort in dumb television. So, yeah, what are I'm trying to think. I've got a couple on the Rolodex here, but what are some of the bad movies that you have to watch or bad TV shows that you're like, you know what, I'm going to carve some time on. I'm going to make time for this bullshit. And then, like, I think about other bad, bad, uh, bad television shows 
that now I look back on or I see an actor or an actress and I'm like, wow, they're doing really, what, what do I know them from? I'm like, oh, that one shitty, shitty, shitty. Movie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I'm, I went through that. Yeah. Yeah, I went through a phase of like bad TV for sure. And I don't think I'm in it right now. So right now I'm watching great TV, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek is good. Um, I watched Prodigal on Fox about a serial killer that has a son who solves crimes and uses his serial killer dad to uh, help solve those crimes. Interesting. Pretty awful. Uh, and he Paul, knows his dad is a serial killer? Yeah, his dad's a serial killer and he works with the But he police. knows or he's kind of... He knows, he knows because he turned his dad in when he was seven. Darn. Crazy. <laughs> so his dad's out again. So he, no, his, no his, dad, his, dad's, his dad's in a mental hospital and he goes and visits. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not good. Um, Bo. <laughs> I, I do like the show Bo. Uh, Bo, U-L-L. What's is that on HBO or something? No, bowl, not... like a bowl, like yep, long like horns? The bowl. Okay. Um, yep. It's the guy, Michael Weatherby, or Weatherby from NCIS. He's a trial scientist. So all... Then more of a law and order girl than NCIS. See, I was law and order until, you know... I'm law and order for life. Can't do law and order anymore. I used to... Um, <laughs> yeah. See, what okay. Else? No, but there are some good... Oh, uh, so we watch... Now that I'm uh, quarantining with my parents, you know, I just wanted to help them and then kind of got, you know, we're, we're here for a minute. So, You're here for a minute. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, helping and whatever, staying here and whatever. It's fun. It's good. It's really great. They're wonderful. It's great. I just, you know, I can help them. They can help me. It's like, I'm not quarantining alone in Austin and it's all good. But let's see, there is, uh, we love, watching the blacklist blacklist is good i'm down with the blacklist i think it's a i think arguably it's you know not a good movie or got a good show but it's very entertaining james Spader, absolutely good job yes. sir james spade always fun and yeah and then there's another one that's like that but i don't think it's on this season there was that girl with the tattoos of secrets remember that one she's coming on uh it'll be on in two weeks it's coming yes. back okay uh, we also like The Voice in Songland. They okay. watched the Jack Reacher one. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, that, that, with that kid with from John Krasinski. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are like the main ones that we watch together as a group. So I still watch Westworld, which I don't understand what's going on because. But you love it. Everybody loves it. I haven't seen it before. Yeah, I still watch it. Uh, I try to watch it stone just because it just makes it a little more interesting for me. It's late at night. It's like one in the morning. Sure. And, um, let's see. Uh, if I break it down by days, it's easier for me, right? So got, uh, Monday or Tuesdays when it's on, I watch the two FBI shows, FBI Most Wanted and uh, just FBI, which were both from the creator of Law and Order. There. Okay. Um, there's a one called... Um, there's off USA Networks. There's um, starts with a B, um, Briar Patch. It's very interesting. It. It's very interesting. Uh, Devs. Is it cableish or streaming? Yeah, cableish. Or? Cableish. Um, uh, Briar Patch. Uh, Devs on FX. Uh, remember the guy from Parks and Rec? I heard Devs was good. I haven't watched it yet. So good. Because you're a tech guy, and it's about to. Yeah. It yeah. is about developers. It's an interesting um, mode about developers, which I think is uh, 
it is um, it's interesting, right? When you look at the back end of things of where their true motivations are and what's going on, um, which which incites and, and lights people up a little bit. Uh, let's see. I love Ancient Aliens. I've watched every episode of every season of Ancient Aliens. Uh, I do not care. That's History Channel or Discovery? That's his, his, uh, History Channel. And then there's also Skinwalker Ranch about the movie or no, the TV show, it's a series about them investigating Skinwalker Ranch, which has been owned what by a couple of different billionaires. Skinwalker mean that sounds terrible. So allegedly what happened was, is that at some point in time on this ranch, something bad happened and the Native Americans um, cursed the land and okay. only skinwalkers were allowed to walk there. And those are people that can go from a person to a wolf, to a bird, whatever it may be, right? They're skinwalkers. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of weird things that have happened on this ranch. Okay. A lot of very uh, weird things that have happened, documented. Okay. And there's been uh, two different billionaires that have owned this ranch. And one guy owned it, and then he kept all the information he took, and he kept it secret and private, and then built a space company afterwards that exceedingly did well. And people are like, oh, that's because of, you know, you talk to oh. aliens, obviously. Uh, you know, this new billionaire that owns, it, owns an aerospace company as well. and He's putting all this money, of course, a TV show with it, uh, which I'm sure there's going to be tourist attractions, God knows what. But there's just there's weird stuff that happens there. Do you worry that like you'll get like a little like a little bit of the curse will rub off on you if you watch this? No, I don't believe in any of that shit. <laughs> so I went to Catholic schools. I gotta watch out for like curses movies. I'm doing, I'm doing drugs and watching this and being like, this is amazing. <laughs> fucking moron. No, I, I kind of want to see, but it's like I do. But here is like. Hosting it, just people like saying, "Here's the whole sort of history. Oh, yeah. Here are all the weird things." Oh, I and love it. Come and, and they actually get on the ranch, or they're just like, "Oh no, they're they're on the ranch." So they got invited by the guy who owns it now, and they're Ooh. on the ranch, okay. hanging oh, that's out. Gonna be fun. Wait, look at Bill Murray's outfit right now. No. Just by the way, Pink and so nice, so sweet. So I can nice. see you in a shirt like that. I like that shirt. I'd wear that shirt. Yeah, yeah. That shirt and by the way, that scarf is very COVID nineteen. Just slide that right up, and you can. Get That's right. Like nothing's getting through the glitter. Nothing's. Listen, glitter stops it all, right? <laughs> That's right. It absolutely stops it all. What else? I was trying to think. There's um, uh, I watch Run. On uh on HBO. No, it's about a. That's about these. I'm trying to figure it out, but it's about this couple, basically these two people that had met when they were in college. And okay. they have this pact of they hook up if one text run and the other one text run back and they have this place they meet and they have a thing they do. Okay. It's, uh, it's a little frustrating. Okay. Um, I don't know. Oh, we're watching Little Fires Everywhere. It's so good. Is that good? Yes. I haven't, got, I haven't watched that one yet. It is know. good. It's good. I mean, Kerry Washington is so good. She's... A, she's the beast the kids are good reese witherspoon is very good in it reese, like they're is she good in it that's the one hard person i have a hard time she's watching good things. in it i know because she always seems like legally blonde but she's not she's she's okay and it's like she starts out like that and you're like ugh, you know like just but that's like her role is to play that annoying person but she's got her own backstories too i don't know i think it's interesting i think they both do a good job i like them go see it all right, I'm gonna check it out. And I think it's it's like a mini series. I think they're, I don't know, maybe six hour long episodes or something. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, wait, wait, wait. You said something that made me think. Oh, the thing about 
the haunted, the cursed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The curses. Yeah. Let's get after it. Let me just pop in there. And this is not a TV show. This is real life. So my sister-in-law grew up in Jefferson, Texas, which is one of the most haunted in Texas. How far away is Jefferson from here? Uh, it's East Texas, Northeast Texas. So it's not far from Longview. So is it Longview, like a, Tyler, Marshall, does any of that start sounding I mean, it's like two hours away, three hours away. How long are we talking? From Austin? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe four? Okay. I mean, I usually come up to Dallas and grab my parents when we go over there because that's, you know. All right. That makes so, sense. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, North. East Texas. Like if I was going to go. border, very Louisiana, very East Texas. North. Okay. It like, you know. Anyway, it's a haunted little city and a little town. And she lives there. It's got, yeah, yeah. She grew up there and her uh, parents own like a bed and breakfast there. And now it's not bed and breakfast, just their home. But it's, um, yeah, this, they got married there. And my brother is like, a scaredy cat you know <laughs> and she got them got married at the hotel excelsior or excelsior house and it's like this hotel that is like one of the most haunted places in all of texas and it's got like not benevolent or benign ghosts but like scary ghosts and um this is where steven spielberg stayed in the 70s, um, he and his film crew, when he was very young and starting out and stayed at this hotel, Excelsior House, where my brother and sister-in-law got married. And for some, he had a small crew with him and got freaked out by what was going on in the room and just the, the malevolent presence. And he not only like checked out of the hotel, he like checked out his whole crew, moved them out of like Jefferson, like he wouldn't even stay in the town anymore. And then the, the, the story goes based on a lot of the information from that experience as he started like researching poltergeist and that's how the movie Poltergeist came around. So that's when my little brother got married. Whoa. And he's, I so want to go there and hang out. There's a, uh, there's a haunted, there's haunted places on Catalina Island uh, where I used to help run fishing tournaments and I'd go stay there. I never saw a ghost. I never saw anyone. Uh, yeah. Nothing was ever weird. There was never a manev- uh, malevolent presence that I, that I noticed That's or good. saw. Catalina um, Island feels like a happy place, even if it's, it's, you know. it's pretty happy. It's pretty yeah. nice. There's a, lot, there's a lot of hauntings there, but it's pretty happy and nice. Um, you know, I've, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've just searched it out and I can't find it, uh, mm. which is, okay. I mean, listen, that's okay. I'd probably freak out a little bit anyways. Yeah. I would like, and I'll tell you what I would do. This would be awesome. Only if I had a video camera for it. If I had multiple, ca- there's two things I want to do before I die. Uh, one is, could legitimately happen and uh, would probably get me killed. And the other one just sounds like fun. Like I want to go to a really haunted place like that. Right. And I just, I want to figure out in running through this haunted place. Like I want to be deep on shrooms, at least five, six grams in. And I want to roll tide. Like I want to turn the TV on. I want to roll tide. I want to figure out 
I, if, things get weird, if things get weird, right. things get weird, right? If things get creepy, but I can always blame it on the shrooms if the camera doesn't pick it up and I can just be like, oh, it's just drugs, which is cool. Yeah. Well, I'm the opposite. So when I go there, like I actually do what they tell you on shows like that, like all the, you know, they're like, well, if you don't want to see them, you tell them you don't want to see them. So I go in there and like my nieces are coming to help me check in the room because we would spend every other Christmas there. And I'd be like, I am Jolene Jernigan for the next 48 hours. This is my room and my space and you're not allowed in here, spirits. I respect that you live here, why, but why this listen? is my space. They tell, they, that's what they tell you to do. They just say like, I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to smell you. Don't make any chairs rock. Don't make the door slam. I am, this is my space. And apparently if you go in as a living, person okay and they go in as a, you know they're there as a spirit but you can like sort of mark your territory like it's just as superstitious any bullshit you could ever do but i mean i do it just in case you do it just in case i really don't want to have a scary ghost in my room and i, I told my my nieces laughed and i'm like i oh, know it's funny right i'm like yeah i'm like but do you want to see a big scary ghost too they're like oh hell no i'm like hell no. me neither so we did it and then like we did that and I did it for my room and my parents room and then we went to Christmas Eve at my you know sister-in-law's parents house and came back home and mom and I stayed up for a few more drinks and we're like giggling and having fun we're like let's go out on the porch because there's like a big wrap around porch sort of on the outside like the inside of the court it's a courtyard right sure so it's like the inside of the back end of the hotel rooms or whatever so we went and sat out there and so I told them, not my room, not my parents' room, nah, nah, but we were on the, sitting here in our rocking chairs, and over there on those rocking chairs, they were like, mm-hmm, like, got them, got have some photos, like, there's some lights, there's some rocking, there was like, it was like the stillest air, like, imagine, like, the most humid, damp, swamp, East Texas air, like, no wind at all, oh. and the rocking chairs are going, and not together, like not at the same time. And there a couple of white lights in the rocking chairs. And we're just like, yeah, well, as long as they stay over there, we're okay. <laughs> but yeah, those spirits show up, Jason. You need to go to that. I got to go there. I want to go there now. Just hang out. I want to go there, hang out, have a good time. I want to invite them in. I want to be like, hey, you guys, come on in. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd be. Let's have a party. I'm going to order pizza. It's cool if you're going to drinks. I have a problem. The only problem I have with ghosts and the whole idea of it is there's never a new ghost. There's never like a ghost from, there's never whoever died making electric boogaloo one or two. That ghost <laughs> doesn't exist. Right? No. It's, it's always ghosts or it's like, yeah. fuck you. I can't believe you've got all this cool shit. I'm going to wreck it. Maybe it's the thing like vampires, like, you know, the longer they live after they die, the stronger they get, you know? I guess, but I mean... The more souls they take or whatever, the longer they're sitting around, they're like, this is my... Snatching out little spirits from just like a little little essence of you. They're like, you just move along. You don't have any business here. This is my territory. Why are we even territorial after death? I don't understand. See, I don't get that either. I I'm just going to float away, Do put they my not, ashes wherever, hopefully in a body of water, and I'm gone. Would you say that maybe ghosts don't believe in reincarnation because they're stuck being ghosts? 
I know, they could probably get reincarnated <laughs> if they weren't stuck being gross. This could right. be so stubborn. See? This is, these are the faults with all the, uh, all, all those things is that you look at it and you're like, Hey, uh, got a couple issues. I obviously ghosts don't believe in reincarnation. Obviously pickpocketers are probably the most hard hit with COVID-19. I mean, there are just facts across the board here <laughs> that people will not address. I love the idea of a haunting, not necessarily at my home, but I love the idea of like going to a haunted place and actually seeing something. Cause I go in there, like, I'm like, this is going to be fun. Let's get some cocktails. Let's do some drugs and let's find some ghosts, even if they're just in the back of my head. Like, let's do it. Have you ever had a friend who's had a haunted home? No, but I have. Um, <clears throat> no, uh, I've stayed at haunted places. I've never had a friend with a haunted home. I have had. Um, I've been in churches where they've done, you know, They've removed demons from people. They've laid hands Diamonds? on them. Diamonds? Nuh-uh. They've laid hands on them and they said, you know what? I just want to let you know, with the tambourine that Tammy is banging on her leg, out of the rhythm. No. And the way that Robin is running down the aisles with her hands going crazy. And the tears coming down and the mascara running. Only thing running harder than her mascara is Prefontaine. All of that, we'll lay some hands on someone and a demon. They're on my nerves. They're still and, meeting now. And next to that, nine people speaking in tongues, just dancing around, just shitting their pants, going crazy. Did you go to those churches? I know. I love going to church because I love challenging everything. That's, I'll tell you, I have some. I've been I, mean, I don't mind going to church, but like those, I know. those it's, services, it's, those, all that. You know, you go, you see, like, I go to Kentucky and I'm just like, if I wasn't, oh, I'm so terrified of snakes. So I took a ride today. I'm going on one of the trails, like a, a, a Violet Crown Trail. Yeah. Cruising along and I see this lady, she runs past me. She's like, give the peace sign, she peace sign back. and Doesn't say a thing. I go down this bridge, around the corner, nice wide trail. Three quarters way across the trail, rattlesnake, just sitting there. I hit the brakes, I about wreck. In fact, I do wreck. I'm sh I'm terrified of snakes. You have no idea the fear of snakes that I have. Yeah, I mean they're they're not. Yeah, it's it's usually a good instinct. I mean. Yeah, it's just a that's a nice thing to you have. Just, unless you can identify that you know and that quickly so, that you're and you're in trouble. I kind of turn around. I'm a little shaky, and then I'm pedaling up, and I'm the asshole, slowing down on my bike. Everyone I saw. Okay, there's like a five foot long rattlesnake across the trail right behind me. They've got two dogs. They're like, oh, we'll just walk past them. I'm like, good fucking luck. You're going to die. But everyone that I saw all the way back up to slaughter, I told everybody because I'm so scared of yeah. snakes. That's what you do because you're bring, not an asshole. Yeah, I bring all this up because there's, there's still a part of me that wants to go to those snake handling churches. I mean, the guy can't come by me. Obviously, I will be in a suit and then I will have my six feet. And then I will have plexiglass around the six feet. Oh my God. I'll be like the Pope mobile. I just want to go in. I want to see it. Ugh. But I, but I, but see, I, I have so many friends that are like my buddy, Mike Erie. I call him my buddy. I mean, we talk, we used to talk a lot more when he was the pastor of a church in Costa Mesa, but he's had a couple of New York times bestsellers. He's got a really good podcast. He's very well intentioned. I mean, he's very smart. And I ask him, the, that's his kind of church, but I ask him the hardest questions the hardest questions and he will answer. 
And he's not a snake handler guy. He's not a political guy. He is a let's be honest guy, right? So I challenge him with stuff because I think it's hilarious. Uh, the local pastor here that does this church at Thrive, he's been on the podcast. We did uh, the Noah's Ark one with Steve Carell. And uh, I ask him tough questions. Why? Because like, I, I find this fascinating. COVID-19, the government says you can't meet in groups. Right. That's okay. Churches don't meet. However, you go to any church and they will tell you that they tell the people in China and Iran and Iraq where Christianity, Christians can't meet and do their thing to break the law and meet in secret. They tell them to. Right. Go read your Bible, get two or three gathered, he'll be there, blah, 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 blah. Right. So you're telling people continually to break the law and put themselves <clears throat> in danger. Yeah. When the and flu comes to America, when the flu That's here, not the flu. Well, I'm, I'm being hyperbolistic, obviously. When COVID-19 is here and we are told you can't meet anymore, they're like, yeah, yeah, we shouldn't meet. Zoom, Zooming is fine for church. And all I'm saying is there is a gross contradiction in putting someone's life in jeopardy in China versus not putting someone's life in jeopardy here where one is the death penalty for meeting and the other is you could get sick and die. One, if you're caught, is guaranteed death. The other is you could get someone else sick and they could die. And all I'm saying is I don't think that either A, you live it and run it, right? Right or wrong, live it and run it. But to have two different sets of rules for where you live because you like the comforts, creature comforts here, you're like, yeah. well, you mean for sure. I mean, Joel Olstein has missions all over the world. He has them in China. He's telling them to go break the law in China. Okay, I, also, I know. Listen, no, I, like I just... I want to make t-shirts that say Joel Olstein's a cunt. I just, yeah. And I just want to sell him in Houston, right outside of his church. I think he's a horrible human being. He is. I do. Um, I just like, I think a lot of mega church pastors are. And I think it's because they've moved away from certain things yeah. and they've become public figures. And I don't believe that huh. I'm a person who went to Bible school. I'm a pastoral ministries major. I've, yeah. I've I went to religious schools. Yeah. Religious. So, we actually have seen and understand some of the concepts that are manipulated and broken. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess the only, the only guiding light or the only beauty part that I have in all of it, right. The saving grace that I have is that I've surrounded myself with really smart people yeah. who are smarter in faith and in texts and everything else than obviously I am uh, that I could ask these troubling or hard questions to. Yeah. And they have the courage to either give me an answer or tell mm -hmm. me, you know what, I don't understand. And that's a great question. And I'm not going to begin to bullshit you. That's the win, though, right? I mean, isn't the win the fact that whether you win or lose? I mean, I love the fact that Woody Harrelson lost the bowling match, right? I love the fact yeah. that at the very end he lost because he didn't lose. He lost yeah. a moment in time but he gained so much more. Yeah. Right? You can have Randy Quaid. Amish Randy Quaid is a friend for life. He got, he's got a friend for life. That's he, something. He won the girl. 
He got the check. I mean, everything, right? He got all the things that actually he needed to be a better person so that he could live with the, you know, disability. Yeah. Brush off that, that anger, you know, brush off the anger, brush off the hate. Brush it live off and, and run it away. Right? Run not, yeah. Don't live for your enemies. That's too much energy you're giving them. You are. And I just, and I wish that whether it's religion or politics or anything else, that we take a step back and, and understand a couple of things. One, it's okay to be wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Learn from it. And that two, in understanding where you're wrong, you're becoming right and not right to yourself. You're becoming right to the world. You're becoming right, right. to- Becoming a better person. A better person. <laughs> a better contributor to it's, the community. <laughs> yeah. You, gotcha. are, you are engaging in a different way that doesn't see I know it all. And I wish that um, leadership, wherever it sits, however it sits, would embrace tough questions. Like the, the one problem I have with COVID-19 is that if for the people who do not believe in it or have tough questions about it or say things like it's the flu, and I said it, of course, obviously, hyperbole speaking, but some people are like, it's just, it's the flu, whatever, who cares? They're not addressed. They're diminished and pushed away. Yeah. And in my humble opinion, I think that's dangerous because I agree. You're emboldening their power by trying to shut them up versus saying, let me tell you the difference. Let me share, with, let me go DMV and let me share with you the difference of what this means. And when I share with you the difference, if you still don't understand, guess what? I'm going to respect that you do not agree with what I'm saying. However, I'm asking you, because I've respected you, to respect the people around you and do some of the silly stuff because it's important. Yes. You know, and unfortunately, we live in a world where it's not kingpin, right? Where the Amish aren't rocking out at the end, where whether you win or lose, and you I just look over and saw Randy Quaid if you saw just a big smile. <laughs> People are dancing and smiling. You know? <laughs> we don't live in a movie, but I'll tell you what, uh, I believe with uh, more people like yourself uh, putting out positivity and good work and just engaging people in a positive way, we can get a hell of a lot closer to living like we live in a movie. Well, and that's not a bad you. thing, right? And it's a good thing. I mean, yeah, it's not all poly and they don't want to be an eternal grasshopper. Like I work on my inner aunt, you know? But you don't always want to be the grasshopper, but you want to like also uplift people. Like people are feeling so much pain and, and there's a heaviness, there's a weight to think. And it's like, oh, you know, let's, let's try and lift it up a little bit, take a little bit of the weight onto my shoulders and like, you know, I'm gonna. Yeah, lift them up. I love yeah. what Ro Rogan did. Rogan has been with his daughters and he's been watching every Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Because they're ridiculous. Because they are just that. They're ridiculous. Like, they're so fun. I mean, but I got so tired of them just yelling. I know. But then you got like, but then guess what? Play off the ridiculous. Go find something that, like Kingpin. There's no really yelling in it. It's it's more adult humor. Don't bring your kids. I know. It's, it's fun. It's just it's fun. I love fun. it. And watch the news. Get as informed as you want to be wherever you get your news sources. I'm not telling you to go watch. Just, but not too much news. Like, but not too much. That's right. Get, get, get the don't information. Don't get trapped in the cycle. Get the information from 
the political leaders that are making decisions. Incredible and then sources. Then kind of hit pause and then yeah. call some friends and then watch a funny movie and yeah. then watch some shitty television. Yeah, and go outside. Take, take a damn walk. Go outside, watch out for snakes for sure. Watch out for uh, snakes. Watch out for snakes. That's where, you know, uh, but also, hey man, I've got a crazy idea. Wake up in the morning, just look at yourself. Just look, I, I said this to everybody, and I give this challenge to everyone. You wake up, you look at yourself, and you know what? I love you. I love you. Because <laughs> I'm telling you. It's a good thing not, to do. Not a lot of people say it, and you say it out loud. You're like, yeah, I love you. It yeah. will change your day. It do will. It. And for, for friends, you say I love you to your friends. Love yourself. Especially You're worthy of your own love. That's right. Especially as guys. Guys, say I love you to your friends. Watch that awkward pause the first time you do it. Watch that friend go, oh, I'm, I'm, I gotta go. My wife's calling. <laughs> but let me tell you, it'll change your day. It will change yeah. their day. And ultimately, it will change your life because you are opening up and just being a person who goes, you know what? I, I'm not going to let something stop me from being me. I'm not going to let something stop me from loving. I'm not going to let something stop me from loving myself, from loving others. Uh, and then that puts a smile on your face. And then that walk. Now you're in the fresh air. You got a little allergies. Okay, but you got fresh air. Take a pill, whatever. You come back in. You get the, you get the yeah, it's a hot, muggy day. You get that AC blast kind of hits you. You're like, oh, fuck, that feels good. You open up a bottle of wine, you talk with some friends, you have a good time, yeah. and then you end it, you go back, you look, and you're like, man, on my list, what did I get done? And make sure on that list is, you told yourself, I love you, and whether you drink or not, whether it's a soda, or a beer, or a cold glass of water, or a cookie, whatever, whatever, whatever your little luxury is. A Werther's original if you're 92 and you just don't want to choke on something right away. They're pretty delicious, man. They are super delicious. <laughs> right? They're really good. It's those fucked up little strawberry things that my grandma used to have that you'd peel apart. Yeah, and they've got like a little strawberry. This, yeah, juice the, in the gooeyness in there. It's, it's weird. crazy, but they're it's, good. <laughs> they're good. But you, you grab one of those. Whatever, whatever your subtle addiction is, grab one and put that on your checklist of things to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Say I love you to a friend. Say I love you to yourself, and do that. Other shit's gonna happen. It's gonna get in the way. Dog's gonna bark. You're gonna get frustrated at work. Something's. You're not gonna get the job you wanted. Whatever it may be. But if you do those things, I can guarantee one thing wholeheartedly: mm -hmm. you feel like you accomplished something. You're gonna feel better about yourself, and you don't know what that friend's going through. You don't. And they need the love. Need, and they need the love. They need the support. Love. And yes. don't text him that bullshit unless you're gonna do a video. Call him on the phone and tell him, <laughs> shoot him a video. And you're like, hey, this is my face. This is who I am. I do video text messages. I do audio text messages. And I'm telling you, I love you. Get weird with it. And then, you know, you call me in a month or two. But I'm gonna keep saying- Love you, you Jason. You call me. Hey, love you too, Joe. You're the best. Thank you for doing this. This is so Thank much you. fun. This is, is so fun. much fun. Uh, this will come out. Um, Next week, I'll obviously I'll let you know. And right on. You know what? Thanks You're welcome back anytime. Great, great to chat with you as well. Uh, we well, will do. We'll this. come back when the world is open again, and we'll be at dive bar. But we should yeah. do it like group style, like everybody. Oh, we're gonna get some people. It's gonna be fun. That'll be good. 
hey, be good, my friend. Give your parents my best and uh, have a wonderful evening. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.